It's season two, episode one of Aaron and Patricia. My name is Aaron. My name is Patricia. And uh, you join us once again now on our new home on Anchor, so uh, welcome everybody. And uh, also, a bit of apologies. Um, we were hoping that this was going to be the first episode uh, that we were going to do in Studio One, but uh, unfortunately my laptop died, so uh, we have to do this episode back in Studio Two with the uh, big old uh, Let's Play machine. So, uh, you know what, we've come accustomed to this place uh, since the lockdown began, so uh, I guess we shouldn't be uh, too... We're not too much of a stranger to this place anyway, so I guess it should be fine. Uh, anyway, so Patricia, how have you been since uh, we've been off? I've been super busy, actually. First thing that happened was my mother graduated from college. She now has her bachelor's degree in business organization. Another thing that happened is that it was my birthday. I had turned 35. Another thing that happened was that I had finished up another semester of college and now I'm going to be approaching my senior year. And finally, I've been doing a summer internship over the past couple of weeks. So uh, even with Old School Lane, it's been a bit quiet, but uh, we will be uh, doing some more content uh, such as new podcasts and new videos, one of which we will be announcing in just a moment. Mm -hmm. But until then, we've got some plenty to talk to you about. It's uh, we got um, Amazon purchasing. MGM Studios, the Warner um, Brothers uh, merging with Discovery. We've also got some uh, Disney slash Russian news. Uh, we've also got uh, Disney planning to uh, do some major shuttering with uh, Disney Channel. Uh, we've got some uh, reviews of Cruella. We've also talked about the Rugrats reboot. Sonic Central, uh, talking some Willy Wonka news as well. Also, we're going to talk about uh, our celebrities ruining podcasting. That's going to be an interesting discussion. Dave Batista turned on Fast and Furious for this particular video game franchise to turn into a movie. We'll tell you all about that too. And how about the top 10 nostalgic 90s cartoon network shows they've ranked them over a screen rant we're going to discuss on that as well you're listening to Aaron and Patricia the season 2 episode 1 on the 30th of, of May of 2021 that took me a while to get it out but uh, yeah uh, Patricia anyway um, we're going to announce a pretty big thing on the Old School Lane podcast so how about we wait until we make that announcement and then we'll discuss what's going actually going on on Old School Lane so, uh, yeah, and yeah. in the meanwhile, if you are interested in checking out some of the stuff that I have been posting over the past few months since we have um, taken a break from Aaron and Patricia, the only two things that I have up are the recent uh, podcasts, which were the Adventure Time podcast, the interview with Fred Seibert, and the From Pilot to Final Product on Adventure Time. So uh, those are the newest ones that I posted, as well as an unboxing video, which I got in the book. Uh, exploring the Land of Ooh, an unofficial, unauthorized story of Adventure Time written by Paul Thomas, who was one of the co-hosts of the podcast uh, discussing about the show. And uh, finally, uh, after such a long time of, if you guys have remembered watching on the aftermath of Hey Arnold the Jungle movie, I got myself a copy of the Hey Arnold vinyl record. Yeah, we listened to it all the way through, so yeah, um, very good work by Jim Lang, we have to say. Absolutely, and I can't wait for Volume 2. Yeah. Also, uh, just to let you guys know, the Aaron Meta Show is going to be returning on the Aaron Meta Show podcast feed. So uh, we are going to be talking about news, entertainment. Uh, basically, it's going to be my solo show once again. So uh, so basically, if you want the Aaron Meta Show, go on the Aaron Meta Show podcast feed. If you want Aaron and Patricia, go on Anchor. And uh, if you want everything else, go to Old School Lane. So uh, that's, uh, we've already started everything up. Um, Patricia, let's go into our first bit of news, uh, that is that, uh, mind you, this has been discussed for quite a while, and now it's finally happened. Amazon is going to buy MGM Studios for, uh, an eye-watering $8.45 billion. 
Yeah, MGM has been struggling for the longest time, and I take it that a lot of people were thinking that Disney was going to buy it, but no, Amazon went in and swooped it up, and people were thinking, okay, so now everything's going to be going on to Amazon Prime, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, as for like why Amazon decided to purchase MGM of all things, I guess... Probably because they feel that the competition between, like, you know, Disney and other major studios is really starting to kick up. I mean, when it comes to, like, exclusivity um, companies where they're releasing stuff on streaming services, you have Disney Plus with um, a lot of the Disney and Fox Animation and um, various other companies. You have Warner Brothers with um, HBO Max. And I guess maybe with MGM, with uh, the fact that they were... Struggling for the longest time. I mean, they have been in bankruptcy for quite a while, and I guess with uh, a lot of other things, uh, such as, like, a lot of their programs and their movies released on Amazon Prime has been doing very well, so I guess that maybe that's what made Amazon decide to do it. So, yeah, this is an interesting uh, thing that they did. Yeah. So but now you, you MG- say that you say that um, you know um, Amazon, you know MGM was in the been in the doldrums for a, a good long while, but I don't think uh, Amazon had a choice in this matter really. Like, let's be honest about this: Disney Plus and Netflix are really kicking it to Amazon right now. Even though Amazon right now do have 200 million subscribers, I will give them that. But at the same time, like um, a lot of people are, who are getting these uh, Amazon Prime, um, you know, 30 day free, you know, tours, if you will, of uh, of of the library, you know, they're not sticking around after the 30 days are up. So um, I think Amazon have been noticing this. So I think they're going to have to up their game. So uh, purchasing MGM obviously gives them access to, uh, you know, the James Bond library. That's uh, no, no problem about that. And uh, also it gives them uh, access to uh, various other things that uh, they've done as well. And also gives them a chance to, uh, co- you know, uh, compete with uh, mini with mini TV in India there for their free streaming service that they only have in, uh, in that part of the world. So um, I don't think it was necessarily that could Amazon actually buy I mean, did they have a choice in the matter? I think if they wanted to stay competitive, I think they had to do it. Yeah, exactly. So not only do they have the um, distribution rights for the James Bond franchise, but they also have the Rocky films, they have the Tomb Raider films, they have Candyman, they have Robocop, um, and a whole bunch of others. So this and they is have the Wizard of Oz, uh, too. Oh, that's right, the, the Wizard of Oz. The, the, yeah. the, the, the one movie that every child pretty, pretty much sees somewhere in his life. Pretty much. Yeah, right? and, and, and pretty much that Disney has been wanting to do uh, in terms of they wanted to get the rights to for the longest time. If you remember remember when they tried to do like uh, in- integrating like Wizard of Oz into a lot of things, like when they did um, the uh, the Wizard of Oz movie that came out a few years ago, as well as they integrated um, the character in uh, Once Upon a Time, I think, on at ABC. Oh, oh, the, so, the, the, yeah, Disney, you know, strangers to uh, you know trying to do you know morph the, the Wizard of Oz into their own uh, into their own image. They even they even did the Muppets version crying out loud exactly yeah pretty badly so yeah so i was thinking that maybe that disney was going to get the rights to um mgm so that they can get wizard of oz but nope apparently not no i think uh, that's now i mean also top of that as well 8.45 billion like the metro golden mare is massively overpriced in this purchase 
don't you think? Yeah, I mean, other than James Bond and Wizard of Oz and a few other, um, you know, smaller franchises, I mean, like, what else do they have? Well, to be fair, they have, the, mean, they, they're, have, they're, they, not... they have the Rocky franchise, Sylvester Stallone, and uh, they have uh, they have Silence of the Lambs, a, a classic horror movie, and uh, they have the Pink Panther mm-hmm. too, which you know, hil- incredibly hilarious. So, and also they got they got the classic uh, movies as well. So um, there is reason for Amazon to buy it, but eight point four eight billion dollars. Uh, I don't know. Only Jeff Bezos could get away with doing this. I think you know, like uh, that's uh, definitely definitely to be to be said. But uh, um, as, I mean, there is something else as well. There's conspiracy theory that's going on. By the way, um, which we're going to try our best now not to like you know indulge ourselves too much in politics. Now the election is over. We're pretty much uh, you know it's not really much of going to be much of a talking point over the next couple of months. But uh, I mean, um, what do you think of the idea that uh, MGM also have the tape library to uh, you know Donald Trump's The Apprentice? And uh, they have all the back tapes as well, you know. And there's, you know, there's all been all those accusations of like, you know, Donald Trump's behavior on the show, you know, when the cameras have been like switched or quote unquote switched off. Yeah, you know, like, I know what you're saying. Yeah, like, and keep this in mind, you know, Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. Yep. Yeah. So, like, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah. And this is conspiracy theories we're going into here, so I don't particularly want to entertain it all that much, but I just, it's just something that's been discussed. You know, I uh, I have no idea if uh, you know there is going to be something like that. I can probably imagine that that's not the I that's not the reason why Jeff Bezos bought MGM, but um, I, I could probably imagine it's more to do with uh, trying to compete with Disney Plus and Amazon and Netflix, and not with uh, the guy currently hung up in Margolo Ranch at the moment. So. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we we saw that. The amount of people who have been purchasing these streaming services, their subscriptions, has been really skyrocketing ever since the um, pandemic happened. And I think that Amazon is really trying to get itself into the um, the horse uh, race in terms of we need to be able to keep up with Disney and with Netflix. And now we have other competitions. I mean, we have HBO Max. We have Paramount+. Plus. I mean, we had um, other smaller stuff as well, like, you know, there's YouTube Red, and, you know, we also had the train wreck, <laughs> the train wreck that was Quibi that happened um, just, like, less than a few months right before that died. But, yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you that, you know, it's it's pretty much a terms of, yeah, I mean, Amazon is seeing that, hey, you know, even though we do have, like, exclusive uh, shows such as Handmaid's Tale, but, you know, Stranger Things, man, I mean, you know, that's also pulling in a lot of views as well. And, you know, there's also Boris' subsequent movie film, which we also talked about a few months ago, but then you have all the uh, exclusive stuff that is going on on Disney and with Netflix and HBO Max. It's like, you know, they're, they're uh, Jeff Bezos is probably thinking, you know, I need to get in this. I need to be able to... S- to you know, keep up with yeah, the competition. It's, 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 it's one thing's out the new, but then also you gotta you gotta garnish it with the classics. You know, you you gotta give reasons for people to come. You know, to come back because he has your favorites on there. You know, so again, I think this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a good move for Amazon in the uh, going forward. And uh, you know, now it's not now it's not just gonna be Disney. It's just gonna be this behemoth that's uh, you know guy gobbling up you know uh, media empires. I mean, like we we talked before about uh, what could happen potentially with you know with Firecom CBS. You know, if uh, they fail to uh, you know make it in the market, like uh, are they now gonna to be, you know, a potential target on, you know, Jeff Bezos's list, or is Disney going to like start competing for him? Like, uh, you know, the, uh, the the future of uh, Paramount itself is also is also not not certain at this point. No, and neither is Warner Brothers, considering that they had another 
merger with Discovery. So there we go again with another merger. We have, you know, Warner Media, AT&T, and now Discovery all merging together into one. And that's creating a massive mess in terms of, you know, on, uh, you know c creators on... Uh, you know, various shows and movies, and they're thinking, "What's going to happen to me? Is is my project going to be cancelled?" Or okay, is well, my maybe we should may, may, maybe, but maybe it's a good time to probably segue into that, maybe, and probably introduce you know everybody to what we're talking about. So, um, Warner Brothers, for those people who do not know or may, might not know, is going to be doing a merger with Discovery slash Warner Media, and so this is going to be uh, a, a big thing for them to obviously stay afloat. In regards, to, so AT and T is going to be selling off that division, and so what we've currently know about what's going on at the moment, and this is uh, reported from Julia Alexander, is that the sale includes some of Warner Brothers Interactive slash Warner Brothers games, but not all of them. So there is now discussion within the gaming community of whether, you know, the, the Warner Brothers game division is uh, going to still survive this merger. From the looks of it, so there's still that being discussed as well. The second thing is that the sale does include DC Comics. So DC Comics is part of this. Discovery, for its new venture, is now effectively going to co-own DC Comics with Warner Brothers through this. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the, uh, the the political makeup of that uh, that division is going to be. I think I have no, I have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, yeah. especially for a lot of people like Owen Dennis and. Um, you know, various other people who have been saying like these mergers have really affected their outcomes of whether they can be able to continue or not because mergers, we, we've even discussed about this before, mergers can be a very fickle thing because management changes, corporate corporations, they have various new rules of how their structures are going to be happening. So, I mean, the fact that they're merging again, it now that there's going to be massive changes again. It's going to be just, uh, it's it's going to be crazy over the past for the next few months. Uh, yeah, like every merger is going to be different. So I'm not too sure what uh, you know is going to happen in in this particular thing. But uh, the third thing that uh, is also, which I think is extraordinary, I think hearing about this, um, according to this, Rooster Teeth is part of the sale. Yeah, that's right. So that means Ruby is going to be a part of this as well. But just think about this for a second. You know, um, this was originally a bunch of guys with a Xbox in a closet. And all they were doing was basically moving a thumbstick on a uh, Xbox controller up and down to make their characters talk. And here they are. We're, you know, they've gone from that, you know, uh, a good couple of years ago. And now here we are to, to talking about them being part of a major merger with Warner Brothers and Discovery. Yeah. Just think about so, that for a second. That just blows my mind so much. I mean, yeah. we have to understand that online content creation has gone really far. You have people who, you know, did this stuff at home, and all they had was, like, a computer and a dream, and now all of a sudden they are a part of these major corporations working in the industry. I mean, yeah, maybe, have, you, even, have, you, have you actually watched Red vs. Blue? Um, no, I have not. You, you know, you, you just, just watch the first season of that show and just to tell me that, you know, you look at that and you think, this is going to be uh, a group of people who are going to be talked about in a major company someday. <laughs> I, I would just invite well, you to do that. I really would. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I will do that. Yeah. But, you know, Rooster Teeth nowadays, not only are they known for Ruby, but they're also the ones who had 
um, merged with Screw Attack, and now they're known for doing their death battle stuff. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's not too much of a surprise that they are able to take it that far in terms of, you know, starting off really small with just like their red versus blue uh, so, uh, series, and now all of a sudden they're like, you know, part of this major corporation. I mean, just the fact that we can even say that is just absolutely mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. So, um, in regards to um, other things that are happening in this merger, so uh, Discovery is going to be picking up uh, HBO Max, CNN, TNT, and uh, DC Comics. And so, um, interesting that uh, they're picking up TNT because uh, they picked it up at a time when um, their probably their biggest show, All Elite Wrestling, is going to be moving over to uh, TBS. Uh, the uh, so they're going to basically be moving away from that channel. So, um, interesting to see if how they basically reacted to that, really. So, because yeah. uh, they made picks up that big thing. Oh, yeah, we're going to make some money out of that. And it's like, oh, no, we're going off to TBS. I mean, how many times has wrestling been moved to multiple channels? I mean, there was like TNT, TBS, Spike TV. I, I, I lost count a long time ago of how many channels it's been in. Well, I mean, it's, uh, it's a w- I mean, this is all elite wrestling, so they've only ever existed on two channels. It's, it's going to be on, it was on TNT to begin with, and then uh, now it's moved over to TBS. So, oh, okay. Now that, that that just goes to show you how much I know about wrestling people. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and other things to note is that uh, it seems unlikely that TNT, sorry, AT&T, sorry, AT&T is looking to hang over, hang into Warner Brothers games in any capacity, given that it's uh, reportedly trying to sell off the gaming division last year. Uh, Take-Two, Electronic Arts, and Activision and Blizzard were among the interested parties last year, so it's possible that some of WB Studios could end up being sold off to other gaming publishers too. So, um, yeah, I mean, the uh, the idea that, you know, other gaming divisions could potentially take bits of WB Studios Studios into uh, into the fold is still a possibility. Yeah, point. so w- basically, with the WB Nether Realm games, you have like your Mortal Kombat, you have your Injustice, you have the Arkham games, um, and uh, obviously like a lot of the DC games. But uh, yeah, it just goes to show you about like you know what's going to happen to them. I mean, what's going to be the next step for them? I mean, it, I know it that just, the it just makes game... you wonder. Well, I mean, like keep in mind, E3 2021. Uh, you know, W Warner Brothers announced uh, you know Gotham Knights, Suicide Squads, Kill for Ju- Kill the Justice League, and uh, Hogwarts Legacy. So like they they were interested in like a pretty juicy games, and now all of a sudden we've got their whole existence in doubt. No, it's like it's. Uh, yeah. Imagine uh, if uh, which imagine if Nintendo, like you know, did a massive Nintendo Direct and like announced all these big games, and all of a sudden there was talk about like a merger of them, like uh, you know, merging with like Sony or something like that. You know, that like, would never happen in a million years. I'm just Nintendo saying, I, 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 yeah, I know. Sony. I'm just, I'm just, I'm saying that as an example. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying that uh, you know, it's, it's sort of like you know, you've got a big game company that's announcing all these big titles, which uh, no doubt is going to get uh, fans of the DC universe excited. Also, Hogwarts Legacy as well. You know, the Harry Potter, you know, uh, fans are also going to be excited too. But now the whole uh, ground that they all sit on is now on shaky ground, and we don't know if they're actually going to be games. You know, uh, at the end of all of this. Yeah, you know? I guess that's true. That's that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. But uh, anyway, we'll keep you updated with what's going on with that. But uh, let's move on to uh, other things. So, um, some Disney news currently going on, and this is a pretty um, interesting one, given the fact that of what we're going to be talking about uh, later on, and that is that uh, Russia has warned Disney to not distribute uh, a short film featuring a gay character. Uh, as everyone knows, there is a uh, short film that's known as Out, which includes gay characters in them. Uh, there is uh, legislation on the books in Russia about uh, quote-unquote gay propaganda 
Islander. And so uh, the um, Justice Department, I believe, so the Russian Communications Regulator on Friday warned Walt Disney Company against distributing content, which was, uh, quote-unquote, harmful to children in Russia with its release of its short film, which features a gay character. Uh, Disney have yet to respond to these uh, comments. But, you know, um, this, I mean, this all kind of ties into, like, you know, should, you know, Western, uh, an, you know, anime, you know, entertainment companies really be kind of doing business with these types of regimes? Because, uh, I mean, did you see what happened with John Cena when he apologized for uh, to Chinese people for saying that uh, t- Taiwan was a separate country from China? Or accidentally what? said that. Yeah, he he did that. Yeah, that's on uh, that that was on his. Uh, I don't know if it was either on his TikTok or if it was on something else. But uh, yeah, he 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 was promoting uh, the new Fast and Furious movie, which uh, you know Dave Bautista turned down, which we'll talk about later on in the show. And uh, he uh, said that uh, Taiwan was going to be the first country to see Fast and Furious, not realizing that um, you know, he was going to upset a lot of the uh, the Chinese audience that he was going. So he actually posted an apology, saying sorry for actually calling Taiwan a separate country from China. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, and so, um, I mean, I don't know. If I was in Disney's shoes, I mean, um, I would say just, uh, I mean, I'm pretty rebellious in these kind of things, and, you know, we're, we're, we are pro-LGBTQ here on this show. And so, yeah. I mean, we would say to, uh, you know, Disney, just just go for it and just, uh, you know, just take, take the take the bronze of it. I mean, the worst thing they could do is block it, pretty much, I think, in, in Russia. And so um, I'd be interested to see what Disney do with this i really hope they don't kind of like you know bend over and say yeah we're we're not going to show this uh, short because you know there's nothing harmful about this short we've seen it there, yeah, there's, well, there's yeah we actually about. have seen it yes we have seen it yeah and so um i get that you know russia has like you know very re- religiously devout people in, in this country and uh, the same thing is in the united states same thing here in this country but and uh, you know but at the same time like uh, there's um we've watched this short there's nothing offensive in it at all you know, and uh, oh, if anything, it, like uh, it's it's uh, going to, uh, I think, open a lot of people's eyes. I think uh, to uh, you know uh, LGBTQ couples. I think uh, in this about uh, you know these type of subject matters, and uh, the fact that uh, Russia doesn't want to have this honest conversation with its citizens is just it's just disgraceful. In, in my yeah, opinion. it 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 makes the fact that people have to hide to who they are. And, and they shouldn't do that. If they personally feel a certain way or if they believe in a certain thing, they should be able to express it without being feared of being rejected or ostracized or even killed. And the fact that Russia is still practicing these things is, I, I mean, I'm sorry, but, you know, we've come very far in terms of representation of LGBT uh, plus people. I mean, just yesterday, uh, there's been this huge thing on Twitter where um, apparently Blue's Clues and You, which is the reboot of the uh, Nick Jr. show Blue's Clues, uh, apparently there was like a, uh, a Pride Month celebration where uh, drag queen Nina West was singing a song highlighting, um, you know, people who are of the LGBT community, like um, bisexuals and uh, tran- transgenders and pansexuals and um, you know, couples of the same sex, and they were celebrating it. And there was a lot of responses saying, you know, I wish I had this when I was a kid, and, you know, this means a lot to me. I mean, this is for, like, a preschool show for three-year-olds, and, you know, they were, you know, really touched by it. And, you know, the same thing could be said with, like, you know, shows of, you know, recent years. I mean, like, over the past decade, we have seen a lot of people 
um, you know, saying that these shows that they're watching that are representing LGBTQ, they feel that they are personally connected. They feel that they don't have to hide anymore. And they're seeing all these couples like on The Loud House and Legend of Korra, Adventure Time, Steven Universe, The Owl House. And, you know, they're saying, oh, man, you know, I wish I had this when I was a kid. I'm so glad that they're showing this on TV or in movies. And, you know, I'm glad that representation is finally out in the limelight. I mean, sure, you're going to get those people who are saying, oh, they're just pandering or whatever. It's like, no, they're finally you know, showing it out there because that's who we have in our society and they should be represented. And the fact that Russia is still afraid, it, it, it's just, you know, pretty sad. I mean, it kind of reminds me of when um, here in Alabama, just about a few years ago when um, it was like the season 18 premiere of Arthur and Mr. Ratburn was going to get married to a guy and that episode was banned because apparently it would be immoral to show for children. And I'm like, oh, come on, really? Yeah. Really? I, I just think that, uh, um, you know, uh, Disney, uh, I think, uh, have got to stand up here and say, look, you know, this is um, representative of, uh, you know, the of, of, of the community now. Now. Like uh, unfortunately, there are you know, uh, uh, you know, they got to say to Russia that uh, you know, you know, gay people exist, and so uh, I, I really hope that Disney really kind of like just say turn around to Russia and say, look, you know, we are going to release this anyway. If you want to ban it, then fine. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're not going to you know shy away from uh, the you know the, the various people who enjoy Disney products, and uh, that includes also people in the LGBTQ community. And so, and but, but uh, one of the countries who um, banned the character that was featured in Onward, you know, the lesbian cop. Um, I can't, I can't remember that story actually, but uh, you know, yeah, unfortunately, there's places in the world that will do this type of stuff, and so um, I'm hoping that, but I'm really hoping that you know Disney is gonna. I mean, I don't know if they are gonna. Not. My likelihood is they're gonna want the money, so I, I think they probably will turn around and do, you know to uh, you know not put out this short in Russia, but uh, and also this is the thing. Uh, I really hope that uh, they also you know turn around to countries like China and say uh, you know we are gonna put out this content and because it is a representative of uh, you know various uh, people who you know are watching our product and uh, we are going to do stuff that is uh, you know uh, is going to be you know going to suit our audience so um i really hope that they're not going to uh, you know bend over to this and and uh, you know that, that's just how i feel about it so i mean funny this as well like you know you you're t this isn't about uh, a religious thing you know me and patricia we're we're quite devout christians and uh, even we feel that uh, you know shorts like this should be seen you know should be seen by children you know, and so it's, uh, it, you know, this, uh, this, this is nothing about, like, you know, religious attitudes or anything like that. This is about saying, look, this is the reality of things. There are people who are in same-sex relationships, and uh, there are people who, uh, you know, are transgender and things like that. And so um, it should be allowed to be, you know, broadcast and represented in media and uh, without right. any type of restrictions. Absolutely. Uh, if if they feel that they need to be properly represented in media without having the fear of being ostracized, then sure, go for it. I mean, unfortunately, there are some cases in which, like, you know, they'll just do the cheapest way of doing these um, characters to represent so they can earn brownie points. But you know what? Those are, like, few and far between. The stuff that I've been seeing have been doing a really good job of doing proper representation of the LGBT, and I hope to see more of it in the 
the future. I mean, even for like other things like, you know, show more minorities and, you know, show more people of different sizes and uh, different, um, you know, ethnicities, well, you know, fair, I, I in, the, in, the, in, the, in the, To be fair, though, in, in, that, in that regard, I mean, that's a, that's a different thing entirely, but, uh, you know, they, they've been doing pretty well on that. I thought. Sure, sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Like you know, we just need more of it. I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. So, okay. Um. Anyway, let's move away from uh, that for the minute. Let's move into this. So, um, more international news on uh, Disney's part, and that is that uh, Disney Channel uh, is going to be shuttering in uh, in a hundred international countries. So, um, they said that Walt Disney plans to close one hundred international channels uh, by the end of the year, as it, as it continues to shift its uh, focus towards a direct customer model and streaming service Disney Plus. Um, you know, the things like this, I think, um, you know, if they were going to start saying, okay, uh, all our shows now are going to be first released on Disney Plus and then later on we'll release them onto the, onto our, uh, onto our broadcast channels, I can kind of see their point of why they would want to get rid of Disney Channel. But uh, at the same time, like, that's not what's happening right now. So, uh, you know, Amphibia, you know, the Owl House, you know, some of the newer stuff that's going to be happening, it's going to be on Disney Channel first. You know, yes, and like, yeah, and so, like, uh, it makes, you know, it, it, if you're a uh, Disney Plus uh, subscriber and you're hoping, like, for, like, the latest content, you're going to be very frustrated, you know, just kind of sitting there waiting for it to appear on the screen. You know, I think. Yeah, uh, if, if, I if, mean, if, it should it should be a case in which, like, hey, the newest episode is going to be airing on Disney Channel. And then maybe, like, I don't know, maybe, like, a few days or maybe a week later, then you can get the newest episode on Disney Plus. That way people can be able to catch up and watch it and enjoy it. Yeah. Also, on top of that as well, uh, apparently all the Fox channels are going to go in Southeast Asia. So, oh. Fox, Fox Crime, Fox Live FX, they're, they're, they're all going. Also, uh, Kids Networks, uh, Disney, this includes Disney uh, Junior as well in all of this. So, you know, that that's, that's going to go. And uh, um, Ned Geo People, SEM Legend, uh, Fox Action Movies, Fox Family Movies, uh, Fox Movies, uh, Stuff Movies, uh, China... Uh, are also going to be disbanded, and also uh, along with five, along with five sports channels as well. Like Disney are being relentless here. Like they're saying, oh, yeah, like very yeah. relentless. So they're saying, like you know, if you want to get all this content, you're going to have to go to Disney Plus, and uh, it's going to release first on the you know, Disney Channel US. But it's, uh, so th- this this is a mistake, though I think, because um, a lot of people are saying, well, I want to see all this stuff now, and we know that pirating and streaming is still a thing. I mean, what's going to make people think that they're just going to go rushing to Disney Plus? Like, uh, yes, a-, a lot of people will, but uh, if they are desperate to like see like the latest shows and the latest uh, films and the latest things like that, and they're not appearing uh, right right away on Disney. Disney Plus, they're, they're going to find him somewhere else. <clears throat> Absolutely. And I think that the fact that uh, Disney is saying, okay, we know that our streaming services is going to be in the future and we want to be able to just like shut down all these channels. But what if some people can't afford, you know, some of these channels um, in terms of, um, you know, saying, okay, now I have to shut off my cable provider and go over to a streaming service. So um, what if they... Um, have to even penny up with it. It's like, you know, Disney's going to be making money regardless of what they do. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I just think uh, if, if they were doing what I hope they would be doing is that is that they were going to be saying, okay, we're going to make a Disney Channel redundant and any latest shows that we're going to do, we're going to release on Disney+. Plus. If they were going to do that, great. You know, like, uh, that, would, that, would be, that would be fantastic. You know, I would rather be, um, you know, watching, you know... Um, you know the the Owl House one. We'll talk about that later on in the show. But uh, uh, I'd rather be like watching like the latest Disney Channel you know animation uh, you know series 
that, you know, on Disney Plus when they first get released, rather than, like, having to wait around for them to go on Disney Channel, then uh, finish their circulation, then finally end up on Disney Plus. Like, you know, you're like, what, we're still waiting, like, for Amphibia Season 2 to come out, but, uh, you know... There's oh, Season oh, 3. There's, uh, no, not, no uh, Season 2's not out on Disney Plus yet. Uh, it will be in a few days. Yeah, but exactly, in a few days. But, you know, a lot of spoilers have already been going around uh, the social media, and a lot of people have already kind of, like, streamed this already on, like, uh, pirating websites. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. When when the when when Disney made the stupid decision of accidentally leaking it online, then delaying it, and then they decided to release it again, and then the people who haven't seen season two, they've kind of already been spoiled by a major plot twist. It's like now people are going to be and the fact, oh, don't worry, we're going to release it in a few days. But then some people's, uh, you know, like excitement has kind of dwindled down a little bit. It's like, come on, but, man. Exactly. It's like, you know, I've not even seen season. I don't even actually started Amphibia yet. Like, I've only just got to you know, grasp the concept of like what the show's about. And uh, I've not seen any of the episodes yet. And already, like, uh, you know, the fans are all screaming that, you know, well, you know, Mars, you know, uh, by the way, I'm not going to tell you uh, what exactly happens in True Cause. Let's just say, you know, something happens pretty terribly to one of the main characters. But, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you you know, it's kind of like sitting in your house, and all of a sudden, like you hear this massive smash, and like you realize that there's actually been, you know, someone comes around and says, "Hey, you know, Aaron, there's been a massive car accident outside." You know, and uh, you're gonna like just out of you know curiosity, you're gonna want to like turn around the corner and go down the street and wonder if everyone's okay. But then you realize, like you know, there was a lot more like that happened before all of this. You know, yeah. like, and so that, that's kind of feel like how Amphibia, you know, the season two finale, we kind of like introduced to me, like, there was a whole lot of drama before this event happened, and, you know, uh, so, uh, the, you know, but, uh, you know, you hadn't seen that yet, all you've heard is the crash outside, and you've just ran outside, and you've just seen what's basically, you know, been the result of what's happened over the last, you know, the last moments, you know? Wow. Like, it's just... That, it's, that, that, that's just absolutely crazy. Yeah, exactly, so... I mean, unless Disney now are going to turn around and say, yeah, any of our latest stuff that we're going to produce is going to go straight onto Disney Plus and everyone's going to be able to access it and everyone's going to be able to like download it and stuff, great. But the fact that they're still, you know, going to say, oh, well, it's going to go on our US channel uh, on that first and so it's still going to be, so everyone who's going to be like, you know, uh, pirating it first is going to see it and then they're going to like having to hold it. And they're not going to hold on to spoilers either. You know, like uh, oh, they, they, they will they, not. They, they will not hold on to spoilers. They will not. They will post that. They're still like, you know, I, I'm going to hate the day when I hear that. You know, uh, you know, uh, oh, it's like, uh, you know, a particular things happened in a show, and uh, you know, just out of curiosity, I'm going to, you know, just gravitate towards it and see what's happened because you're just going to get curious, and that's just how I am, and like, I don't want to feel left out. And uh, yeah, it's going to spoil like the whole show for me, you know, like, when I finally go through all the episodes and see what happens. And uh, it's going to be just a case of like, okay, I've heard about what's happened. Let's just see it's been executed well. You oh, uh, by the way, we'll, we'll get to that in just a moment because w when we go into the Loud House discussion, I have a lot to say about that. Yeah, exactly. So, but anyway, let's um, move away from uh, you know Disney's uh, you know distribution problems. Let's uh, go into uh, what I think uh, was a movie I still believe nobody asked for. You know, like, uh, Cruella uh, got released, it went into a premiere, and oh boy, have the reviews been mixed. In, really? In this. Yeah, so, um, there is uh, so many, and also on top of that as well, um, I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be looking at the score on Rotten Tomatoes and be asking, is this going to be in search of the Crystal Skull at any point? And uh, I think you will just say, we'll keep your eyes on it and just see what happens. But uh, right now, um, Cruella's been released. Some of the reviews have come out, and uh, so Veracity's uh, Peter Debuge expressed him his relief that the film is not another Maleficent, so at least that's a good thing, 
I guess, you know, out of that. And um, also, uh, but uh, Kevin Ma said that, uh, saying that Emma Stone's performance just doesn't scare you. So, um, I don't know if that's the direction they wanted to go in. In regards to uh, you know, maybe Cruella. they wanted to do a Maleficent. Maybe they wanted to do a Maleficent in which, like, instead of being scary, she's sympathetic. But you know, like, uh, remember when we saw the trailer and we just thought, "This is th- this is cloning Joker." Like, you know, this is like uh, this is like talking about how you know Cruella went insane, basically. Mm. And so this is what that. And so, um, by the way, we're not going to spoil the movie for you, so uh, we j- we'll let you go out. if you want to go and see it and uh, you know see it for yourself. But uh, we're basically just going on what everyone else is saying, and that uh, they said uh, so. Uh, Brian Viner at uh, the Daily Mail, which is a terrible newspaper, and don't urge people to uh, to to read it. Uh, this modern Cruella is a baddie who uh, deserves our compassion, according to this. I think that uh, the film's creators played down the storyline about turning puppies into coats, which uh, I mean, you know, the whole idea about. A woman wanting to gather 101 puppies to kill them for their fur is... uh, I mean, it's kind of not PC by today's standards, which makes me surprised that this movie even was one of the considerations. But I understand why. It's because... When it comes to 101 Dalmatians, when I mean, I don't know about the book written by Dodie Smith. I'm not familiar with that, but I'm familiar with the movies, uh, both the animated movies and with the live action movies. Cruella de Vil was always the highlight in every single one of them. And the fact that Glenn Close, you know, performed Cruella de Vil in such a over the top frightening yet hammy way 25 years ago disney knew that cruella deville was one of their top villains in the disney uh limelight and so they thought hey you know with all these disney remakes and all that stuff i mean we had maleficent and you know we need to find another disney baddie to focus on oh um let's focus on cruella because i think that she can have an interesting story to build up on and so I think that was just the mentality, you know, I mean, we already did one on the princesses, we had our Cinderella's, we had our Mulan's, we had our Beauty and the Beast, they're doing Little Mermaid next, and so, I guess maybe they just needed to focus on another baddie to give her, once again, another sympathetic story from what I've heard, I mean, there's a reason on why she wants to do it, as opposed to, like, looking fashionable, there's a a more tragic reason from what I understand, I'm not gonna spoil it, but, yeah, uh, Yeah, once again, who, who asked for this? I didn't. No, I didn't either. I, I mean, we already had a 101 Dalmatians live-action film 25 years ago, and that was sufficient enough. So, I mean, you know, 101 Dalmatians was already um, a franchise that's already been well-tapped by the 90s when, you know, it had its nostalgic kick with the animated series and with the two live-action movies and then the direct-to-video movie. So it's like... You know, Disney, um, if you are going to do these live-action movies, then why don't you do one that people have been wanting to see? Or, you know, maybe go go off and pull off a Pete's Dragon in which, like, the original was kind of dated, but you brought it back and it became more updated and more people appreciated. It's like, you know, don't fiddle with the classics as much anymore, unless you're going to do something new and interesting to it. But mm, apparently not. You're just doing the same thing you did with Maleficent. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, in regards to this, like, I'm just not interested to hear about Cruella's backstory. Like, uh, I mean, uh, I just don't think that uh, it's going to be uh, really all that compelling 
You know, like uh, at least at least from what I can see anyway. I'm just uh, I'm not hyped to see you know what happened to the backstory of someone who went crazy and uh, tried to kill a bunch of puppies. You know, it's just it's uh, it's not what I would particularly want to engage myself in really. So um, I mean, it's just like what, what is um, I really hope this doesn't kind of like become a thing because like what are we going to get next? Like you know Jafar's backstory of like uh, you know why he ended up being a royal you know an evil royal Brazil who wants to take over the world. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, well, we're going to get Ursula's backstory on when she was banished from Atlantica and then she wanted to get revenge on King Triton. Or why don't we get Dr. Facilier's well, backstory? Well, I mean, which... to, to be honest, though, Ur Ursula makes somewhat more sense because, uh, I mean, like, uh, she still is kind of like, I don't know, like, uh, if I had to pick between Cruella and Ursula and, like, who I wanted to hear more about their backstory, I think I would say Ursula. You know, I think uh, I think she would. Uh, she definitely deserves some sort of development, at least at least in my opinion. But Cruella Deville, not really. Like it's just no. it's, uh, it, it just doesn't it just doesn't interest me all that much. Maybe it's because I wasn't all that invested in 101 Dimensions. I don't know. Maybe if I was more, I probably would probably you know be take more of a an intrigue into it. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, like uh, it's just uh, it just it just doesn't interest me. I'm just I'm, I'm bored. I'm I'm not I'm I'm not engaged, you know. It's just sure. it's, uh, yeah. So, but you know, if this is the way, if this is a whole series of films that you know, I mean, what we're gonna get Scar's backstory next? Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, I mean, like, uh, what about Chernobog from Fantasia? I mean, what we're we gonna get like a backstory of like uh, how he ended up like you know on top of a mountain with demons and things like that? I don't I don't know. We're going to get Monstro's backstory in which, like, he was swimming in the ocean and then we're going to find out there was a reason on why he ate Geppetto when he was trying to find Pinocchio. Yeah, it's like, it's just, it's, uh, I can see this just getting ridiculous, can't you? Uh, <laughs> let's get, let's get, let's give it a few months. Yeah, let's get away from this topic and let's, uh, let's move on to something that we would actually like to see. So, okay. Okay, uh, the trailer drops for Monsters at Work, um, I'm actually really hyped for it. Actually, because this is the this is the prequel we actually wanted. You know, we didn't want Monsters University. We it didn't want yeah, like uh, so. Uh, this is the sorry the pre yeah the sequel. Sorry, this is the sequel that we wanted, uh, not the prequel that uh, you know Monsters uh, you know uh, University was. And uh, you know, because like not only are they going to be focusing on the fact that you know Mike Wazowski and uh, you know Sully are now going to have to like resurrect Monsters Incorporated from the ground up. You know, like how that all ends up, and obviously, uh, you know, Sully has his idea for uh, you know making people you know making people laugh to get you know get more energy. So there's always that. But also, we're going to get the really interesting story of uh, a guy who's walking in thinking that he's going to be like the top scarer of the company, and then realizes that they don't want scarers anymore. They want people like you know comedians to like yeah. you know make them laugh. So he's going to go through that whole arc. So. Um, you know, they've got some really great ideas here for this, uh, for this series, and I really hope that they just go full, you know, you know, full 100 miles, go 100 miles with it, and just, you know, ex exploit it for all it's worth, you know? I'm really excited about it, too, considering that it's actually a Pixar series, and this is the first one that we had in 20 years since uh, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. So the fact that we're going to get Monsters, Inc. and it's going to go delving into not only Mike and Sully's story where they're trying to, you know, resurrect Monsters, Inc. and trying to give it a new direction, but also focusing on the student who has been trained for something all his life. And then they found out just like literally like 
a few. Well, how long does it? Uh, like, what was what was the time frame between the movie and this series? Like, maybe a few days, a few weeks. I don't know, but like, like really quickly that scaring has become obsolete and now laughter is 10 times more powerful and this guy who has been training all his life and he's like confused and he doesn't even know what to do it's like a person who has been training to be a um you know a blacksmith all his life you know helping with horses and then all of a sudden you know the automobile was invented and now you know he's kind of like out of a job so yeah that just goes to show you that you know we're, there, there's probably going to be a lot of relatable moments in which like you know in our society when it's constantly changing and we don't know what to do i mean like even with like this pandemic thing happening it's like you know if you've been training all your life to like work in an office but then you're like oh man now i can't work in the office anymore i have to work from home I'm not going to be able to interact with people. I'm not going to be able to, um, you know, possibly even get that promotion to move up in the world. Uh, so, like, there's a lot of questions that I do have, and I'm really excited about it. It's like, see, Disney, this is what you do. If you are going to bring back a very popular movie, then do something interesting with it. This is interesting. Cruella is not. So yeah. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm really excited for it, too. And so, also, you know, John Goodman and Billy Crystal are coming back to replace their roles. You know, yeah, like, and I'm really excited uh, about they're, that too. You know, like this isn't just some side series where they're just kind of like bringing in like Jim Cummings to do like 50 vo voices for the you know the uh, for, for the show. Like you know, uh, they're actually bringing back people who you know originally were in Monsters Inc. and uh, are going to be doing some really good stuff with them. You know, so except uh, for one character, and there was an interview by this from Disney that Boo is not going to be returning at any point in this series. Well, and a lot of people were really disappointed. Well, I mean, like keep in mind, like uh, if this is taking place in between, you know, the events like after Boo was taken back through the door and then obviously going back towards like the end of the movie, then you know, it's, you know, continuity-wise you can't bring you can't bring Mary back. You know, very like, true uh, yeah. because considering at the end of the movie, we saw that it had been one full year since um, you know the events of when they brought Boo back into when Monsters Inc. utilized laughter. So maybe it takes place like literally in between. So yeah, I guess it does make a lot of sense that Boo wouldn't be returning because Mike would be like busy putting together the door. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think if they did bring Boo back, I think it would have to be its own movie in in itself. I think. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I could think of the idea. Keep, keep in mind, you know, the original concept of Monsters Inc. was that, uh, you know, Sully wasn't supposed to stay in the monster world. Like, uh, he was going to, like, sacrifice himself and end up in the human world. And then they would, him and Boo would, like, spend the, whole, the, the rest of their lives with one another. You know, so, like, uh, there was uh, going to be that. Like, I would like to see uh, a Monsters Inc. movie where, you know, Sully gets trapped in the human world and uh, is struggling to get back and uh, he has to rely on, you know, an older, you know, like, you know, not Boo now, but now called Mary. And, like, uh, she has to help try and get Sully back into the monster world. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, it, it sounds kind of like, you know, a particular show that we we're already going to talk about. But, uh, you know, like, uh, again, I think I would really love to see. Um, you know, if they were going to bring Boo back, I think that I'd like to see her back in that capacity. Or like, you know, you know, he's like, he, you know, oh, you, you know, you helped me get back into the human world. Now I'm going to help you get back into the monster world. You know, right, like, right. I'd like to see that dynamic. So, but anyway, that would, that we, would be interesting. Yeah, but anyway, um, that another fan fiction. Uh, so, you know, monsters, at, <laughs> monsters at work. Um, coming soon. Uh, really excited for it. And uh, yeah, let's just hope it does really well. Mm -hmm. so. I'm excited. Cool. Anyway, um, Rugrats reboot. Um, trending number three at Paramount Plus last time we checked, and, uh, you know, a, a lot of fans who were really enjoyed the original show aren't really taking too well to this new reboot, from what we nope. can see. And, uh, you know, I've had my complaints about it, like, why is Susie smaller than Angelica? 
Like the uh, reason why is because now we know why she is the same age as Chucky. Oh, which why? Like the the whole idea of having Susie was to have a counterbalance to Angelica. And yep, and it, now she's the and now Angelica is the oldest of them. Oh, it's just and also uh, so uh, Stu is now a gamer. Uh, yep. And, well, I mean, uh, like you know, he he is like he plays video games. I mean, you know, he is still uh, you know an inventor, but he does play video games. That is true. Yeah, and Grandpa Lou is no longer a grouch. He's now a uh, very uh, hippie like kind of like uh, old man. Yes, he I is. Uh, Which he's... I guess maybe makes more sense because, like, if they are doing the Rugrats for a new generation, like the likelihood is that he was like a veteran in World War Two is going to be very, very unlikely. I think. I mean, no. I if anything, may I mean, I don't see him being a war veteran at all, considering that if he was a hippie in his day, that he would be anti-war. So uh, that fact that you know he does yoga and he is very uh, laid back and zen, and he's played by Michael McKean. So this is the third time that we've had a voice actor for Lou. The first voice actor was David Doyle, who passed away in 1997, and then the second one was Joel Lasky, who passed away about almost a decade ago. And so it makes a lot of sense why they have this new interpretation of Grandpa Lou. And not only that, but it has been confirmed that Betty is gay in the Rugrats reboot, which a lot of people are saying, oh, really? So that means Howard's not in it? It's like, we, hold on. We, I mean, a lot of people need to calm down about this. So, you know, a lot of people have even argued that, you know, Betty was kind of like, a, you know, sort of, uh, you know, represented as gay, almost not really. But Wasn't she like a, fe- like a really, like, a Yeah, she feminist? was a really strong, yeah, she was a really strong feminist. Yeah, so I think that was her kind of thing, I thought, in the original show. But, uh, I mean, uh, so so what else happens to Howard in the show? Like, well, it... I mean, I don't know, to be quite honest. I mean, I think that Howard is around, but not really as much. But uh, I think that, you know, we will be, you know, hearing more about it in the future. But, uh, yeah, we, d- we do know that Howard is in it. And I believe that Howard has another voice actor, which makes a lot of sense. Um, so is you know, he, like, is about he, this. but how does that, I mean, is he the dad of the, of the, of the, of the, twins or is he like because uh, how does that work if uh, Betty, I don't, Betty is I don't a know because I don't know because um, I don't think that they brought Howard in as of yet um, I think that they are going to bring him in because we did see it on the promotional art maybe that um, maybe Betty and Howard were together and maybe they got divorced and now Betty is gay I don't know so or Betty's maybe, bisexual I, I don't really maybe bisexual I have no idea I really don't because they still they just announced this just like literally two days ago as of the recording of this podcast. So we're just we just got the information about Betty being gay now. Yeah. So Which, you know, I just uh, I don't I really don't know how this is all going to play out. But all I can say is, is that you know the, for putting that aside, um, there I mean the whole content of well let's talk about the animation for a second. Like you know people okay. people said that the animation of the original show was a bit ugly was ugly looking and but yes. I look at this. Now, and this doesn't look any better to me. A uh, lot of people have said that it looks like a PlayStation 2 game. Oh, yeah, like, uh, mind you, uh, there, are, there are some Borgas PlayStation games we can compare it to, so uh, I will give it credit there. It does look a little bit better than the than the Rugrats PlayStation games. But, that was much uh, better. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, it just uh, it still looks pretty ugly from what, I, from what I can see, compared to the 2D animation, at least. 
You know, like well, uh, I mean, like I said uh, in the um, the podcast that we did a while ago, discussing about when this reboot was being announced and we saw the trailer. A lot of people are very, very critical about the Klasky Chupo style of art in terms of it looking strange. I mean, you have to understand that they are an Eastern European. Um, upbringing where uh, Gabor Chupo came from a Hungarian background and a lot of the animators came from very similar backgrounds in which it's Eastern European and so when they brought it over to the US there I mean when you look at like Hanna-Barbera animation or when you look at filmation uh, you know styles of um, animation or MGM or anything like that it is very strange admittedly and you know there are some cases in which like you know heads look like potatoes and you know body are very weird and the mouths are all the way down to their chins i mean that is a stylistic choice and a lot of people just didn't like it and there's a generation of artists and animators who absolutely despise it but making it 3d and just putting a fresh coat of paint on it it's like you know a lot of people just think it's unnecessary i think it's unnecessary i mean you know, the, you know this kind of you know uh, style of animation. I mean, especially with three D, unless you can do it really, really stylistic and really well, it's going to be dated rather quickly. As opposed to two D animation, in which is a little bit more timeless. I was going to say because I used to, you know, we we all we all meet to say that you know Dee Dee had uh, like clown hair. Now she looks like a cone head. I mean, oh, like geez. it's just it's just it's uh, yeah. Um, I'm not digging this. I, I'm really not. And, 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 and I'm still trying to get used to this the voices like. I mean, I, I, you know, listening to, like, Dee Dee and with um, Lou and with, um, you know, some of the other adults, I'm going to have to get used to it. I mean, I understand why they had to replace it because, I mean, first of all, this is a reboot. So this is, um, you know, Rugrats for a brand new generation. And, you know, they had, to, and, you know, some of the voice actors have sadly passed away. Like mentioned before, like the voice of Grandpa Lou has passed away. Uh, the voice actor of Stu, well, you know, Jack just, Riley, just, passed I'm, away. I'm still, I'm still, you know, because uh, I, I remember when uh, I brought this up with Gray Ballard in one of the, uh, one of the interviews, and even he was confused of why they were doing this. You know, like, uh, you, know, you know why they're doing this is because, you know, next to Spongebob, Rugrats is still very, very popular, very nostalgic and very marketable. It's like the reason why they brought back the Powerpuff Girls in 2016, because it's still very marketable, and it's still very recognizable, very nostalgic, and has a lot of notoriety. I, I mean, uh, you know, like, we, I mean, even, like, Nickelodeon just, like, recently, as of, like, last year, they now realize that Avatar The Last Airbender was a major commodity when we knew that for 15 years! Oh, uh, by the way, I'm just uh, looking at IMDb now, right now, there's 159 reviews in it, and currently it's only got 4.2. Oh my gosh! Yeah, this is uh, this isn't good, people. I'm just uh, I'm getting bad I'm just getting bad vibes from this. Also, so as well, um, you know, uh, Google users are saying that only 65% of people want to watch it. Like uh, that's a that's like you know an empty that's an empty uh, uh, popcorn box uh, if by Rotten Tomato standards. Okay, uh, well, you know what? I mean, to be fair, it just aired like a few days ago so i'm gonna give it more time you know and, and we have to keep this in motion this is a reboot for a new generation but from what i've been seeing well, going, it's like looking, let's at talk this, about the looking at this new generation they're not they're not taking to it too well i mean like okay it's number three on uh, currently paramount plus at the minute but uh, and you know like uh, i really hope that we're not you know I, I, this is another thing as well like i know we're sick to death of SpongeBob SquarePants, but to to, to kind of use Rugrats as a vehicle to like say to kind of stick it to SpongeBob is not a healthy way to go. I'm sorry, 
Like, you know, like, if this is what they're going to do to the Rugrats, imagine what else they're going to do. Oh, man. You know? Imagine what they would do if Hey Arnold was getting a season six. Oh, no. You know, no. Wow. Uh, if I have to say, I only accept it if Craig Battle is at the helm, and he's very and he's very critical about what's going on. You know, or, like, or, if, or if even worse, even worse, is if Craig was not in the project and they decided to do it anyway. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm afraid of. So uh, I am super afraid of you this. know. It's just so they just you know like yeah, but push the loud house, push the loud house. You you uh, like isn't there wasn't there um the loud house movie? When's that? Have we got a date for that yet, or is it because it now come out? Like, no, uh, it hasn't come out yet. I think it's supposed to come out either this summer or this fall, but I haven't heard any new information about it. I mean, push all the other shows. I mean, what happened to Glitch Text on Netflix? I mean, a lot of people really liked Glitch Text. Yeah, what yeah. happened to, um, you know, like all the other shows that, you know, are it's Pony. You know, I, I you know, a lot of people like that show as well. And, you know, there's also, um, you know, a lot of the, uh, you know, like the astronauts and also a lot of their other shows. So, like, where's that at? I mean, you know, push all the other shows. Don't just rely on, you know, just like one or two shows and milk them for all it's worth and then just leave the other stuff in the dust. I mean, you know, Disney's not doing that. Cartoon Network's not doing that. Like, come on, Nickelodeon, get your head in the game. Yeah. So anyway, um, if we decide to keep our finger on this pulse, we'll definitely do. But uh, for the meantime... Yeah, and what? you know, it's actually funny. I want to say one more thing. Like, we've seen our fair share of, you know, like, revived uh, programs over the past decade. Um, ever since the 90s or all that, which was originally called, you know, The Splat and then Nick Splat and now Nick Rewind and, you know, all that stuff. I mean, we've seen that we've had The Legends of the Hidden Temple TV movie, Harold the Jungle movie. Um, there was also uh, Static Kling, Enter the Florpus, um, you know, all that stuff. And people really like that. So I don't understand why... Um, I don't understand why, you know, Rugrats is kind of, like, saying, oh, you know, um, let's just bring this back and, you know, like, I don't understand, like, you know, all the other ones have done really successfully. And yet, you know, it seems like Rugrats is, like, um, you know, they've gotten a lot of views, but then people are like, eh, I don't, I, I'm not really caring for it. It's like... My, 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 my mean, biggest why... theory is that uh, right now, this is going to be, like, this only just come recently come out, and so people are going to, like, go, it's going to have, like, the After Earth effect, you know, a lot of people are going to go watch it, and then they're going to say how, you know, uh, what they saw, and then everyone, then eventually it's just going to pitter out, I think. You know, the, the way I'm seeing the responses are, are, are anyway. So, you well, know. and 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 you know, and Camp Coral is going to be getting another season, and then don't forget about. That, oh yeah, well, yeah, you know, I, I can probably imagine that. Uh, keep in mind, like uh, you know, new shows are going to come in twos now. Like you know, they'll always see the first season, see that they're working on the second season, just renew that anyway, and just keep going. You know, and then uh, season, yeah. you know, season two will just kind of like you know, pits, you know, buzz her out. So let's just. Uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe they might just kind of like just keep, keep keep chomping away at it. Maybe maybe they'll just have a look. Oh, hey, three, you know, uh, number three on Paramount Plus. Like, uh, let's keep let's keep going. Maybe I don't know. But uh, I don't know either. Let's... But like I like I said, it's still fairly new. It came out a few days ago, and this is for a new generation. It's not for us kids who grew up with it in the '90s because. Like, oh my god, and this makes me feel super old. But this coming August, it'll be celebrating 30 years. Like, holy crap. I know. Anyway, let's uh, get us away from feeling old. Let's move on to our next subject. Um, Sonic Central, um, were, were came and went, and uh, confused, disappointed, and uh, did a hell lot of things to people. So, uh, let's just, we'll tell you what, let's just uh, strip away how people felt about it, and let's just go into the, uh, the itty-gritty of it. So, 
Um, first, uh, there's uh, this one update that's coming up through this, and that is that Sega has confirmed that Sonic 3, uh, uh, the remaster, will be in widescreen. So oh, uh, that that's that's what's great. on the for it. So yeah, if you're excited about that, then hooray! But let's go into uh, the other things that were um, announced, and that is that uh, a new game for Sonic Team has been announced. So it is a new game for everyone who was confused at that trailer about what the hell that was. Like, uh, let me. It was just basically Sonic running around a forest. He makes this really weird, like you know, crop circle or whatever, and then he just says 2022, and that's the trailer. That really sucks, considering that Sonic's anniversary, it's, a, what once again, holy crap, I'm old, it's 30th anniversary is this year. Exactly, and uh, that's all they have to show for it so far. You know yeah. what, maybe they're trying to not to do a uh, Sonic 06 and Sonic and the Secret Rings, in which, like, and uh, Sonic for the GBA, let's not forget about that. Where they're trying to like cram in so much stuff all at once to celebrate its major anniversary, and then it all just petered out to the point in which it's like either mediocre or just downright tr a train wreck. Yeah. So maybe they're trying to like fix their mistakes, or maybe they're doing this to hype up the movie. I'm not sure. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll get to that in a minute. Let's just go through everything else that they announced. So, um, so that's the new game that's going to be is going to be apparently on PS5, PS4, Xbox, both series, uh, Nintendo Switch, and PC, and uh, no other information was revealed. So, uh, okay, that's, uh, so uh, yeah, mystery game. Uh, okay, okay. All, other things that were announced were Sonic Colors Ultimate. Uh, so that was the remaster of the 2010 platformer, which will come out on PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. Also for the that's Epic Games Store. That's great, considering that the only way that people were able to get Sonic Colors was on the Wii. Yeah. Oh, God, and also for the Epic Games Store as well. Oh, like, oh. Uh, yeah, so you, you enjoy your enjoy your download. I'm sure it'll be complete in six hours. So um, okay, um, Sonic Origins compilation was also announced. So uh, this is going to be a compilation of Sonic the Hedgehog one, two, three, and Knuckles and Sonic CD. No date has been announced. I'm sure they've done this multiple times before. They've done this a hundred already. I own the Sega Classic Collection where I have Sonic one, two. Three and Knuckles. So I already own it. I own this back in the PlayStation Two. I'm pretty over, sure I own a like, GameCube game with all the Sonic games on it too. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is not too much of a surprise. But you know what? I mean, you know, good for them, I guess. Sure. Okay. And, and you also you can get this stuff on your Android and iPhone devices. So what's I? I mean, I don't understand. I mean, unless it's like you know something that has you know been like fully remastered. You know, 60 frames per second, widescreen. You know, like, you know, like, you know, get, give the best of the best with everything, like what they've done in more recent um, classic uh, classic collections. Like they did it with Konami's uh, Castlevania series. They did it with the Mega Man Legacy collection in which they have like art and you get to listen to the soundtrack and never before seen Robot Masters and stuff like that. So then, you know, that would be a great incentive. But, oh, Sonic Origins, we're going to release one, two, three and CD again. Mm -hmm. Whoop-de-doo. Yeah. Um, also announced Sonic Colors Rise of the Wisps animated short announced. So accompanying the Sonic Colors remaster, uh, Sega also announced a Sonic Colors Rise of the Wisp, a, a two-part animated series uh, featuring longtime Sonic voice actor Roger Craig Smith, who recently departed and then rejoined the role. So, you know, I, I don't understand why he left. I mean, it wasn't like they were changing companies. I remember the first time in which they did it because they were changing over from New York to California. And you had people like Ryan Drummond, who was the voice of Sonic. I think this was like during the, um, 
what was it like the, the the GameCube and PlayStation Two era, and I think he was also in Sonic X, um, and he also did like some Super Smash Brothers stuff. So I can. And then when they moved it over to California, then it was Roger Craig Smith, and so I understand that. But if you decided to remove him for no reason and then put him back in again, it's like well, no, he, why? Didn't, there was he, no he didn't. He he didn't. Uh, he wasn't fired. He he quit, from what I understand. Oh, he, yeah, because quit. Yeah, so he he left us. He left the show. He didn't. He didn't. He he left, from what I understand. Huh. Interesting. So, because okay. I, I, originally I thought it was because he was angry because obviously he didn't get the role in, in the Sonic movie. You know, like, oh, uh, if you remember, I'm, I'm sure we had that discussion like on a previous episode, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I forgot about that. But you know, it's like okay, sure, that's fine. Yeah, so I guess they got a word with him and decided he decided to come back. So okay, fair enough. Okay. Um, also announced uh, Sonic cameos. Uh, Sonic also making appearances on Two Point Hospital, uh, adding uh, Sonic-themed items to uh, July 22. And also the uh, Olympic Games Tokyo 2020, the official game with uh, players that will be able to dress their athletes in Sonic gear. So, uh, okay. I mean, well, <laughs> it's not just much just a surprise considering that, you know, we've had times in which, like, video game characters have been in, like, various sports teams, like... Yeah, um, but, like, you know, remember, we, like we've, in... we've had Mario and Sonic at the Olympics, so this isn't this isn't really a major announcement, really, so, like... Fair uh, enough, fair yeah. enough. Let's move on. Uh, Sonic Games on new platforms. Uh, Sonic... Sega announced that Epic Games Store will be released the... will be the release of Sonic Mania on uh, June 24th, even though we've already got it on, on various other consoles. You'll now also release Sonic Forces, Sonic Mania, t- uh, Team Sonic Racing... And uh, Amazon Luna will get Sonic Mania and uh, Team Sonic Racing this year. Uh, Sonic Colors Ultimate Screenshots also uh, are going to be there too, apparently. Um, also, Sonic Mobile Games event. Oh, good grief. I, f- I feel so bad for Sonic fans. I really do. Uh, Sonic Forces Speed Battle will receive uh, Super Sonic as a character. Uh, Sonic Dash will also have a private theme game. Okay. I guess, and so, and then Sonic Prime for Netflix update, uh, the Man of Action team is working with the Sega and Netflix on an animated project, Joe Kelly from uh, Man of Action offered a short update, revealing Sonic Prime will be, uh, will be a 24 episode series, where Sonic uh, uh, must, uh, what else, save the universe, Sonic Prime will premiere on Netflix sometime in 2022, and you would have think that at this point, what, you know, wouldn't this be a great opportunity to announce, uh, you know, some more updates on the Sonic movie, on the Sonic sequel movie yeah, that's coming absolutely. out, you know the one thing that everybody's looking forward to and everyone wants to hear about, and here you've got this event where you can announce something and you say squat. Nope, nothing. No announcement about like. I mean, we know that Tails is going to be in it, and we know that Knuckles is going to be in it, and Jim Carrey's reprising his role as Doctor Robotnik. We know that, and Ben Schwartz is going to be Sonic again. We know that, but. Plot-wise, you know, anything regarding about, like, if it's going to continue on from, you know, how long it's going to be between the first and the second movie, uh, maybe maybe even new locations, nothing. nothing. We got nothing. Yeah, so um, the I just looked on my Twitter feed and I was looking at all the people I follow who are Sonic fans, and oh my goodness, there was, uh, there was, a, lot, there was a lot of people who weren't happy. That's all uh, I can say. Wow. I so, mean, like... It's good. The fact that the 30th anniversary of Sonic is going to be happening in a few weeks, and people were like excited and anticipated for like some new Sonic news. It's like, hey, you know, Nintendo knows how to treat like you know their franchises like Zelda and Donkey Kong and Mario, and you know, any time that they have like a major anniversary, it's like you know game announcement or you know all that kind of stuff. It's like, nope, nothing. So yeah, sorry, Sega. You you need to know how to do a milestone anniversary properly. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, let's move away from that. Um, let's talk about Willy Wonka. And, uh, oh, boy. Talking about his origin tale. And uh, they have finally, we have finally found our, Willy, our young Willy Wonka to uh, take the role. And uh, it comes in uh, the, uh, the form of uh, Timothy uh, Shimole, I believe it's uh, pronounced. Well, yeah. Uh, but that should be really interesting. So, uh, once again, another origin story, uh, another prequel focusing on uh, another character that is not the main character. I mean, I, I, I get it, like, you know, Willy Wonka is a very popular character, and I get it that, you know, he's become very beloved for a lot of people thanks to Gene Wilder's performance in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Go listen to the Roald Dahl retrospective. But, yeah, I mean, like, I, I mean... I don't know what to say about it, considering that we, you know, Taika Waititi was supposed to be working on the Willy Wonka, uh, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory animated series and the Oompa Loompa spinoff show. So now we have another Willy Wonka property and man, they are focusing on an origin story because everybody's been doing that. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, if um, they're gonna, one thing I would really like them to do, like, uh, do the story of the Oompa Loompa, of him discovering the Oompa Loompas. Which I think hopefully yeah. is what this is going to be about. Like uh, I would love to just see like, uh, oh hey, you know, uh, here's these bunch of like, you know, uh, you know, big adventurer guys, and like uh, they have to guide this kind of like weedy like we Willy Wonka like through this like dangerous jungle to go find these things. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I, I would love to hear that story. Like you know, and uh, maybe yeah. uh, you know Willy Wonka has to like prove himself to the Umpalumpas and has to like you know, there's a story there. There really is. So I mean, if they tell that story, then great. But like, if all they just do is just kind of mouth around like the uh, the details of like you know, oh hey, you know he was miserable at this one particular time and like uh, you know he did like uh, these like little things. Like uh, I think if they. I think if they spend less time, like, giving us kind of, like, you know, uh, adventure and whimsy and things like that, and spend more time kind of, like, just, uh, you know, hanging around with him, like, not being all that interesting, I think, yeah, that that will that would suck as, uh, as, as, as a Willy Wonka prequel. But, uh, I mean, in regards to... But, I mean, there is an interesting story here of him trying to find the Oompa Lumpers, and I think they should exploit that for all it's worth. I think. Mm. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, now here's the question. Like... You know, which direction are they going to go with the backstory? I mean, I'm sure they're going to delve more into just like, oh, Willy Wonka finds the Oompa Loompas and rescues them from the vernicious Knits. I mean, I'm sure there's got to be a lot more to it than that. Maybe they'll try to, you know, do a different backstory that isn't Tim Burton's, oh, I have daddy issues. I'm sure that they'll probably, you know, give, um, you know, maybe a more whimsical reason on why he loves chocolate so much. I don't know. I think uh, we're interested to see which direction they go in. I mean, like, on top of that, I don't think it's going to be in the continuity of the Tim Burton movie, I don't think. Oh so, no no! I I I want it to be its own thing. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, I think it will be. Like, uh, I mean, to be honest, like uh, the fact that he, you know, the fact that Timothy looks kind of like has a, has a striking resemblance to, uh, you know, uh, the uh, the nineteen seventy one Willy Wonka. I I don't know. Like, uh, I really hope they kind of like steer kind of clear from that. I think because uh, I don't know. Like, uh, that'd be kind of weird if they did like a, a prequel to like you know the nineteen seventies Willy Wonka. I think that'd be that'd be kind of strange. Even though it would be strange, but I think it's kind of expected for a lot of people because when they think Willy Wonka, they immediately think of the 1971 movie. They don't think of the book. They don't think of the 2005 film. They think of this movie because it's become such a beloved classic. I mean, we already talked about this already, but I mean, it's it become a major staple in our pop yeah, culture. Yeah, like, and- I know, but to kind of do it again in that style. Okay. I know, I know. That would be like really stale and not very necessary that's true and i hope that they go in a completely different direction but 
Yeah, I, I want it to be its own thing. I want yeah. it to steer far away from it, but, you know, people are going to... There's going to be some people who are going to be sadly expecting it. I don't know, like, I mean, like, if they did do that, I mean, it would be probably... I mean, how old was Willy Wonka at that time? Like, uh, you know, when, you know, if... Uh, I can probably imagine, like, maybe if they rolled it a couple of years back, maybe he would probably be... Uh, if, he, if, like, if this version of Willy Wonka took place in, like, you know, the, the 70s that it actually took place in, I don't I don't know. You know, like, and they rolled it a couple of decades back, it'd be taking place in, like, maybe 1940s, 1950s time? I don't know. Like, I mean, the uh, book was written in 1964, so, I mean... <sighs> I don't know. I mean, like Willy Wonka. I mean, like according to the book, it was he was depicted as like a like a middle aged man or an older man, depending on the uh, you know what um, Roald Dahl wrote. And as for the movie, you know, he was like a middle aged man because that's how old Gene Wilder was. So um, yeah, I mean, the fact that um, Timothy Chalamet, uh, he's twenty five, so he's a you know he's like a very young man. So. As for, like, the time period, or maybe they want to do, it like, a more modern take on it and just use the book as, like, a partial inspiration, I'm not 100% sure. But, that is, I mean, you know, like, if you want to, like, set it in, in a, the same time period as you did, like, with um, the books or, like, how um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory did in which, like, it was set in modern times, I'm not sure what direction they'll go in, but... You know, I'm just genuinely curious about how they'll do it. I mean, are they going to do, like, a, a Halloween remake in which they'll focus the first half on Willy Wonka's backstory and then they'll do a retelling of, you know, him at the Chocolate Factory and then you know, setting the way the golden tickets and then eventually meeting up with the kids and then focusing more on his perspective? Or they're just going to go straight out, you know, complete prequel and then maybe at the end credits it flashes into him opening the factory for the first time i'm not sure yeah well one thing i don't want them to do don't give him a love interest i just oh, like it yeah you? just just don't like you know just like you know let, let the focus be like on willy wonka and like you know his uh his like uh, you know his, his his discovery of chocolate and umpalumpas and just uh have it based on that you know like uh, we, you know, th this movie needs to be kind of like based on that. Don't give him any slow moments, you know. So. Okay, I mean that was not even what I was thinking of remotely, but I mean if they want to, like, but I can see them doing it, you know. Like yeah, uh, yeah people love that sentimental mushy stuff. They really do, including fair me, enough. and that's the reason why I bring it up. So yeah. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, interesting article that was brought up in The Guardian recently, and that is, uh, it's, a quite, it's a titled, A Real Turnoff, Are Celebrities Ruining Podcasting? So this was from uh, Fiona Sturgis, and she says, uh, Earlier this year, two men launched a, a podcast made up of uh, me meandering conversations about their friendship and the state of the world. Nothing unusual here. Uh, of the two million or so podcast series in existence, that's 48 minutes, episodes, and counting, uh, a large proportion make up uh, of groups of men talking about themselves and laughing at their own jokes. The difference in this instance is that the friends were Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen, which uh, really is a very random combination when you really think about it. Um, but you know, Barack Obama, former presidents, and uh, you know, uh, you know, people who say they were born in the USA are not the only uh, people uh, currently doing uh, podcasts at the moment. Um, this, this whole podcast, you know, industry has basically turned into fanfiction.net. 
It really has. Like, everyone can now write a story, pretty much, you know, about uh, anything at all. And so, you know, um, some of the people now that are podcasting include, uh, you know, Louis Thoreau, who, you know, famously hang, hung around with the uh, the Westboro Baptist Church and, um, you know, obviously brought out why they were so awful. Uh, Jeremy Paxman, who's a, a former, uh, you know, Newsnight presenter. Bill Clinton, you know, need I say more. Uh, Julie Andrews also has a podcast. Uh, you know, Brian, Gary Kemp, uh, Rob Bryden, uh, Sophie Ellis-Bexter, Josh Stone, Paris Hilton... <laughs> Uh, Jason Bateman and even the Duke and Judges of Sussex all have their own podcast. And now even yeah. uh, you know other people now, including David Tennant, Oprah, Jesse Ware, Chelsea uh, Pateri, uh Kate Hudson, Snoop Dogg, and Gwyneth Padlow and Leonard Dunham, and like many other people, like all these celebrities now are now jumping into you know the the, the podcast you know uh, uh, ocean. And now you know obviously it's uh, becoming a big massive bubble that's ready to burst. Pretty much mm-hmm. at this point, and so you know, um, that's why I think uh, you know a lot of people are now starting getting off, to, getting turned off podcasts now because there's just so many people doing them, and also there's like famous people who are also jumping on there as well, but they're listening to their podcast, finding that they're not actually all that entertaining, and then kind of saying to themselves, "Well, if their podcasts aren't as entertaining, why is it, why should I listen to anybody else?" You know, and, uh, and, and it's kind of funny because Casey Reed, uh, my former co-host of, of We're In Between, he, he once said this, like, you know, starting your own podcast is like the 2010s or, you know, at the time when he was saying this equivalent of, you know, back in the 80s when kids used to say, hey, let's get a band together. So it's like everybody's doing it. And then it just kind of died out uh, as soon as it was oversaturated. So, yeah, now we have celebrities doing it. And, you know, th- th- one of the reasons why they were saying this art uh, in the article is because. Um, for a lot of people who do podcasts for a living, the way that they a- are able to gain money is through sponsorships. So the fact that these celebrities have key billing in which like, they can be able to invite their friends who are also celebrities as guests, they can immediately get a quick sponsorship so that they can be able to keep themselves afloat. While as, you know, um, Joe and John, who do their little podcast in their rooms and, you know, they talk about various things and... You know they're pretty niche uh, to a specific audience. They're not going to be able to get as much sponsorship deals. And a lot of people are saying, "Well, celebrities are ruining it because they're just taking away the sponsors from these hardworking people who are doing their own podcasts, and they're not as well known because they're not famous." I think the thing with podcasts, and I think uh, this is something I'm going to be bringing up with the uh, the Arameta show. And by the way, I'm going to be announcing something uh, pretty big once we get the Arameta show going back back again. But uh, you know, um, I think that uh, unfortunately, um, you know the podcast market is becoming quite saturated now and uh, you know eventually this is going to be uh, a thing where you know everyone and their mom is basically going to have a podcast soon so I think uh, there's going to be uh, a, a, you know there's going to be now an appetite I think within you know the listening market for something different I think and uh, so uh, I don't know what that difference is going to be I mean I'd be interested to see basically what what, uh, what comes out I mean the one thing I don't really want to see is like uh, you know like a, 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 a podcasting version of Twitter where it's kind of like, oh, well, I'm going to say, like, something for a minute, and then that's going to basically be it, you know, like, and there's going to be, like, these small little clippets and things like that, like, I really hope that's not going to be, yeah, that, that's going to be a lazy podcasting, you know, platform, if that's going to be a thing, you know, like, Yeah, that, that's another thing that, that was also mentioned in the article, uh, let's see, it says it right here, Renee Richardson, the founder of Broccoli Productions, a London-based podcast company, observes a laziness in terms of commissioning. Com- 
companies are reluctant to put in the works to find new audiences and bring them into podcasting. It's easier to rest on established audiences rather than learning when it takes to create a new one. As I mentioned just earlier, you know, uh, Joe and John in their rooms doing their podcasts are going to have a much more harder time to do it as opposed to like Gwyneth Paltrow and Snoop Dogg if they want to be able to re release a podcast. And because a lot of people are doing it, and it's like, oh, um, you know, here comes the 20th podcast discussing about politics. You know, what? what's the different from this person who's talking about it? It's like, yeah, I mean, things are going to get oversaturated and then it's going to dwindle down and then people are not going to have interest in it anymore. And so it's like, oh, you know, it's like what you were saying about like anybody can do it. And yes, I mean, it's like with Mara Wilson in which, you know, that one of the biggest questions that she has is like, can I invite you over to my podcast? And she said this. The good thing about podcasts is that everybody can do a podcast. The bad thing about podcasts is that everybody can do a podcast. So the, that's the thing is that it's true. Everybody can do a podcast that is both a good and a bad thing. How you can be able to stand out is that if you are going to cover something that's very similar to a lot of other podcasts, just do it in a very unique way. Or if you're going to do something that is completely different that's never been covered, then use that as an advantage. So, yeah, I mean, as for like celebrities doing it, I mean, I have... I mean, I, I can understand why people have issues with it. I mean, you know, but um, as for like if they are ruining podcasts, I mean, I think that there's a lot more to ruining podcasts than just like, oh, now a celebrity's doing it. It's like there's a lot more to it than that. It's more of a complicated thing. Yeah. But, you know, um, it's just it's uh, unfortunately, you know, if, if it's going to be a popular medium and people are going to get involved in it, like uh, celebrities are going to also gravitate towards it as well. And so um, I say, you know, anyone who's going to be doing a podcast, you know, good luck to them. You know, it's uh, obviously for me and Patricia, it's a very dedicated thing to do. And so it's, uh, you know, it doesn't always reap rewards, uh, you know. And uh, not to say, like, you know, shout out to all our listeners, by the way, because, you know, the fact that you listen to us and uh, the fact that, uh, you know, you give us your time, your, your uh, like, uh, you know, say 19 minutes or even more than that a week, you know, to uh, spend some time listening to our opinions and stuff. And, you know, even the reacting to us as well, I think is really cool. So I just want to give you a shout out at that point. So... Yeah. yeah, thank you so much, everyone. We mm -hmm. really do appreciate it. Yeah. Um, let's uh, move on from that. Uh, let's go on to uh, what is uh, basically uh, going to be a huge um, you know, show that we're going to do. It is going to be the old school lane casual chats. It is going to be coming back. And uh, we are going to be talking about the... Uh, we, 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 you know, this is the thing. Uh, me and Patricia kind of came across this by chance really like our fans here at the arrow meta show also on old school lane also various other people as well have told us about this show called the owl house and uh, we took a look at it out of pure curiosity and we have to say we're pretty glad that we've seen it you know like because uh, my goodness and uh, you know come uh, tomorrow when uh, we record this show like uh, we have got a lot and i mean a lot to talk about this so yeah I, I, here's I don't usually do this. Usually when I talk about a show, I always like to wait until it ends its run and then I can fully talk about it. But Aaron and I were so excited about this that we were like, let's break the rules for once. Let's just talk about it season by season because we were just so invested with it. So yeah, we just kind of like stumble this by chance i mean we've been like on our off t times in which like we would just like go on disney plus and watch a movie or go on um various other streaming services to watch uh maybe like a tv show or something and you know all of a sudden Aaron was like hey patricia you want to watch the owl house and i'm like yeah sure and then we watched it and then we were well, like i mean you know, keep, keep in mind well, the only reason we ended up watching it is because the fans wanted us to watch it 
you know like yeah exactly it, yeah. That, that, that's kind of um that that was the re that was exactly the reason why because they were just demanding us to watch it and so we did and we couldn't get enough of it we were like next one next one next one next one next one it was just it, it just really lured us in and then one of our um twitter followers uh connor was saying oh i'm so glad that you're watching the owl house uh you know stick to it uh especially with the second half of season one that's when the show gets really good and um you know then we were just like finishing watching it and then aaron was like we're doing a podcast of it and i'm like yes let's do it yeah like you and know so we because we, here's the thing about this like uh, i mean um the reason why you know two 90s kids want to take a look at this because it took us back like this is such an imaginative show and uh, you know and obviously we look at the 90s for you know for rose tinted glasses i'm not gonna we're not gonna argue about that but you know um the, some of the more modern stuff like uh, you know uh, that came out after that, you know, unless it was Avatar and unless it was like that occasional episode of SpongeBob, I will admit that. But you know, there was very few shows that really kind of captured the uh, our imaginations after that. Maybe it's because we were growing in maturity. Maybe it was because we just didn't think that it was as good as uh, you know what the '90s gave us at that particular time. But you know, uh, the the Owl House, and uh, maybe we're going to give a bit of a preview here about uh, the way that we're going to talk about this uh, this show when it comes to casual chats, like this. This would have been a show I would have loved to have grown up with back in the 90s. It would have fit right in with the Dreamstone. It would have fit right in with uh, the various other shows, the various other imaginative shows that we had at that time. You know, like, it would have, like, it was snuggled in nicely, like, you know, with things like, you know, Batman the Animated Series, you know, Swatcast, the Radical Squadron, you know, uh, you know, even Recess at the time, even uh, very, you know, even, uh, you know, uh, Samurai Jack, and, like, it would have, like, been a nice balance to, like, uh, you know, some of the other serious shows that we had because it was in somewhat a way a serious show but it didn't take itself too seriously and i think it would have been a nice it would have nicely nestled in with like uh, our, uh, our saturday you know afternoon cartoons or you know i guess sunday morning i think in regards to uh which was obviously observing the sabbath but uh, you know um if uh, i really wish we, we'd grown up with this because it and i really wish it would have been something that we would have like seen in the 90s because we would have uh, you know loved to reminisce on this but you know here we are in uh, in 2021 and oh my goodness we've got a show that we could definitely say is up there with some of the ones that we grew up with and that we adored. Yeah, and that's not to say that, you know, all the other um, shows that came out in the recent years didn't, like, bring us back. I mean, I have seen Adventure Time, I've seen Steven Universe, I've seen Gumball, I've, um, you know, seen Korra, I've seen the 2012 iteration of TMNT. You know, I, I've seen my fair share of, like, more recent shows. But this one right here was different, where... I felt like I could have watched this when I was a kid where like it was like a young girl going into a, a fantasy world and just observing like all of these different characters and this different world like I could have seen myself watch this if I was a kid and I just like was so gravitated to it I will be discussing about this on the podcast don't get mad you know I, I don't want to like go overboard but Luz is a character that I have not like connected with in a way that I have not connected with anybody else that I've seen on television. Like, seriously. Like, I, I, I will go into this, but when I saw, like, Luce's portrayal, like, the fact that she is Dominican, and I'm Dominican. The fact that she is neurodivergent, and I'm neurodivergent. The fact that she um, is a little bit weird towards other people they don't understand her, I was the same way. And the fact that she loves otters, I love otters. She, that, otters <laughs> are my favorite animals. And, you know, the fact that she's able to become so helpful and so, 
um, you know, determined to make people happy and, you know, wanting to learn how to become something. I just related to that so much that I have not seen in a very, very, very long time. Yeah. Like, but, that, but anyway, let's not get too far into it because obviously, you I know, know, I, know. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, would, I would be. But no, no, seriously. I mean, like, I am super excited to be talking about this tomorrow. Well, we're, and, we're both uh, super excited about this and uh, we can't stress this very enough. You know, uh, not only are you and me going to be talking about this, but uh, we've also got some really wonderful guests that are going to be joining us. Uh, we got Malaya uh, 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 Colbert. She's going to be uh, coming yeah. out on, on onto this. Michael McKinney is also going to be with us from a Fusionator. He's gonna also going to be joining us too. Paul Thomas, who normally talks about Adventure Time, he's going to be talking about the Owl House with us, so it's inspired him too. And also we got Timothy Murphy, who's also going to be coming on the show, and also a pretty big guest also we've got Rebecca Rose. Yes, the Rebecca Owl House uh, interviewed uh, Di Dinah Terrace uh, Rose. She's going to be coming on the show too. So, yeah. you know. And, and you know what? Um, I was very close of getting somebody else to be on the show who actually worked on the Owl House, but uh, they were busy. They were going to be going out of town. And they said, I can't wait for, for me to listen to the show. So uh, just ex just um, know that I was really close of getting somebody who actually worked on the show to be on the uh, on, as a guest. But um, no, but the, this person is really excited to hear about what we have to say about it. Yeah, but seriously, people, like, uh, we, we all we can say right now, I hope it gets you really excited. Like, definitely all the Owl House fans, I hope it gets you all excited that this is a show that uh, we have not been all that hyped about, you know, uh, for quite some time. It, it, it takes something... It, it takes something really special for me and Patricia to, you know, change the channel and say, hey, this is what everyone should be listening to, because my goodness, have we had our, our, our uh, you know, disappointments uh, over over the years, like, you know, Zombie Simpsons, uh, you know, like uh, the, the ongoing Spongebob saga, which just doesn't seem to be never-ending at this point, you know, like, uh, also, like, all the other stuff that's, you know, tied around with that as well, and just uh, all, like, there's, there's been a lot of bad stuff that's been happening in this, and no doubt you've heard about it so much on this show, but uh, the fact that now we can sit down and say, hey, this is something that Disney has got 100% right. And uh, we can definitely tell you, okay, maybe we're 99.9% .9 right, I think, to be fair, because there is some things I will say that. But anyway, we'll put that off for the for the casual chats. But seriously, guys, tune in. You're going to really love this one. Yeah. And, uh, one, and we are going to say uh, this right off the bat, that um, if there are any shows that are out currently that you want Aaron and I to watch so we can talk about it, please let us know. Oh, uh, by the way, actually, let's put a disclaimer on that. We're currently going through Gravity Falls. Uh, we will eventually get to Amphibia. And uh, I think uh, there was another third show that uh, we were going to be looking at, too. And, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I think that I think we I think on the list we wrote down we were either going to be talking about Rick and Morty because the fifth season's coming. Oh, out. Rick and Morty was the third one. Was the third one? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. because, but Patricia hasn't seen Rick and Morty, but, but I have. I have never, so. I have, uh, yeah, so this is going to be like a reverse we're in between in which when I saw As Told by Ginger, but Casey and Ashley hasn't. So yeah, I'm going to be watching Rick and Morty for the first time, but Aaron's seen it all the way through. So this is going to be interesting <laughs> for me. Yeah. You're going to finally find out what Pickle Rick is all about. <laughs> I am genuinely curious. Yeah. Hey, Patricia, you want to see my Pickle Rick? <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> I hope that's not what it's about. Anyway, let's uh, let's, let's quickly segue onto that. You know, this is uh, you know, mind you, we say this is a mature show anyway, so uh, you know, like uh, you've been warned. So anyway, um, let's talk about Dave Batista. Um, surprisingly, nothing not about uh, WWE. Surprisingly, not about uh, the Avengers or even about uh, you know the. Uh, 
Um, about him being drafted to Destroyer. You know, well, he has actually turned down Fast and Furious, you know, like like one of the uh, big, not a great movie franchise, but uh, one of the biggest movie franchise at least. He's decided that he wants to go and do uh, pitch a, a movie for Gears of War, which I think is awesome. That's so. very interesting. So, I mean, you're essentially saying, yeah, there's this huge movie franchise that I could be a part of, but it's like, yeah, I want to do a video game movie. So that's actually a really interesting direction. I'm actually curious about how uh, that's going to turn out. Yeah. So um, Joseph Noop, he's uh, taking a look at this from uh, from IGN's perspective. He says, it's no secret that uh, actor Dave Bautista really, really wants to play Marcus Phoenix from the Years of War movie, but it may not be entirely clear how bad he wants it. In an interview with the Collider, Bautista says that he turned down an offer from Universal to play a role in the Fast and Furious movie in order to promote Gears of War adaptation. Uh, he said, basically, uh, Batista said, uh, I don't make any pretense about it. I had a chance to, to get a meeting with WB. They were talking to me about this and they said that hey, well, let's talk about Bane. Uh, that's not happened to me one another time in my career. They wanted to talk to me about Fast and Furious and I said uh, I'm not interested. Let's talk about Gears of War character Marcus Phoenix. So Universal brought him in to talk about either playing uh, a a Batman role or playing, uh, you know, um, a, a character in Fast and Furious. But he said, no, on my terms, I want to talk about Gears of War and talk about Marcus Phoenix. Uh, but he's the latest to say that he thinks Universal was, uh, quote unquote, a little put off. <laughs> but he said that he didn't regret making take, taking this shot. So uh, he says, I don't mean to offend anybody. I'm not putting it down to anybody else. I'm just saying that Gears is way more interesting to me. I don't want to pretend that uh, I actually, I, I'm actually interested in something when I'm not. Uh, and there's something that I'm actually really excited about uh, and that you guys have un under control. Why would you consider me for that? I'm not uh, think there's any harm in that. I'm not trying to step on anybody else's toes. I'm just saying it is what, what I love and what I'm seriously passionate about this. I think I can do a good uh, job for you guys on this so you know what he's um you know good on him as well like he's siding with the gears of war fans the gears of war uh you know fandom have wanted to see a gears of war movie and uh, they no doubt been uh, treated to all sorts of storytelling in you know in like five gears of war games so to see it on the big screen i think will probably be a big thing for them i would wow. have thought yeah so I'm I'm actually curious about um you know Epic Games like if they're gonna be like hugely a part of the storyline because uh, from what I understand there's like how many Gears of War games like four or five, five? so uh, okay. Batista appeared in the fifth one so uh, okay so he did okay so he did appear in that one I'm surprised that he wants to play as one of the main characters as opposed to like the character that he played in the fifth game well I mean I think he was Marcus Phoenix I think in the fifth game. Oh, he so, was. I think he was. Yeah. Not not, not John DiMaggio. Uh, is it? Because uh, yeah, I think uh, I think in Gears Five, I think he was. I think he was an optionable character. I think you could play as him as 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 Marcus Phoenix. If I'm unless I'm mistaken, I don't know. So interesting. Yeah. Okay, so I guess if they are going to do this movie, are they going to do like? What are they going to do? Like a new telling of like the first few games? Or are they going to maybe like go in a completely different direction? I probably imagine just... they start with the first one. I think. Yeah, okay. Or maybe they'll go uh, in the Uncharted direction in which they'll do a prequel in which they'll focus on young Nathan Drake as opposed to, like, current Nathan Drake. But Fair if they enough. are going to have Dave Bautista in it, then most likely it's going to be, like, current Marcus Phoenix in the, the Gears of War game, and they'll focus on, like, that portion because, um, I, you know, I, I guess that, that does make a lot of sense, so... 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I mean, I mean one, thing, like, one thing I give I give credit to Dave Batista is that he wants to do he doesn't want to do projects because it's going to make him a lot of money. He's doing projects because it's, it's going to make it's, it's the stuff that he's actually passionate about. You know, yeah, think, yeah. But, like, major major kudos for that. And it's very risky to do a video game movie because. You know, I mean, I know that, you know, Sonic and Detective Pikachu have been really successful when it comes to, like, bringing in, like, millions and millions of dollars in. But, you know, those are very recognizable franchises. Those are pop culture phenomenons. Gears of War, unless, it's more like for the Xbox crowd. So it's going to be a little harder to kind of, like, lure people into, like, you know, watching it. So well, unless, of course, as it, someone it, it, who's been, who's someone who's played like Gears from one to three, and I and uh, dabbled a bit into Judgment, I think I will. You know, it, it'll definitely be one. I'll definitely be going to see it if if it does okay, come cool. out. So uh, yeah, but uh, I mean, yeah, and I do agree with you. I think it doesn't have like a you know mass appeal like Detective Pikachu and Sonic does. And advice, I don't think it. I think I don't think really that's the aim. I think uh, I think that they know that so there's a massive fandom out there that will you know pour in millions. I think for this type of movie. So I think uh, it's more for them really rather kind of like and also just a just action action uh, you know uh, movie goers in general because those people do exist too. Sure. Sure. So yeah, I'm just like genuinely uh, curious about how it's going to turn out. Yeah, well, we'll find out soon enough, and uh, actually whether it actually gets off the ground or not. Because if it's true that uh, you know he, uh, he annoyed a lot of people at Universal, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if it'll actually be Universal Studios that'll be producing it or not. So uh, yeah, mm-hmm. might want to walk over to uh, another studio. I don't know. So okay, sounds good. Okay, um, Patricia, how on earth can we do a episode of Aaron Patricia and definitely the first one back after like a, a month or so and not do a top ten? Um, I don't know. I think that at this point in time, since we've been way off uh, the podcast uh, bandwagon for a bit, so yeah, I think we need to do another top ten to see what uh, people's opinions are and see if um, you know how we feel about it. Okay. Well, this is one for you, '90s kids. So, so strap yourself in because uh, we're going to be looking at screen rants, uh, top top ten most nostalgic '90s Cartoon Network shows, and they are ranked from ten to one. So, uh, oh, this ought to be really interesting. Okay, so uh, are you ready to start off with the first one? Yes, let's do okay, it. Okay, so we're going in reverse order. By the way, th- this is not like one of those wacky lists where it's like, you know, best, worst, and like, you know, they're all like in multiple, like, you know, different places and like, why? You know, like, it's not one of those crazy lists. It's actually a sensible list where we actually go, to, we count down from 10 and go to 1. Novel concept, isn't it? You I know, know right? <laughs> so, okay, so um, number 10 in the. 10 most nostalgic 90s Cartoon Network shows is The Moxie Show. Wow, The Moxie Show. That is a pretty obscure one. I mean, it is technically the very first original animated program that was featured on Cartoon Network, but it was more like a talk show where you have a dog named Moxie and he kind of like shows up in between when they would show like old Hanna-Barbera reruns because that's what they had back then and he would like do commentary and jokes and stuff like that. So I'm surprised that, you know, people still like remember it. Uh, I thought it was like something that only like a handful of people who, you know, grew up during Cartoon Network's early roots would remember. Well, if, if I recall, like, uh, so the American audience got the Moxie show and then the international audience, uh, Cartoon Network, they got the Moxie Pirate show. So basically Moxie and that uh, particular show would basically be like the uh, the announcer for like uh, all the shows that happened like on the evening per- uh, on the evening portions of Cartoon Network. Basically. Yeah, so it's kind of like how Stick Stickly was in which like he would like be showcasing his um program in between shows and be like a sh- uh, a host talking about various things. So it's kind of like that. Mhm. Okay, uh number 9 is Cow and Chicken. 
Ah, yes. One of the earliest of the Cartoon Network shows featured in What a Cartoon, uh, created by Dave Feast, who also uh, worked on Ren and Stimpy and um, various other shows. And uh, yeah, it, it definitely does feel akin to like what Ren and Stimpy would be. A lot of gross out, a lot of strange humor, some really eccentric characters, and it would even later on have a spinoff series with I Am Weasel. Yeah. Could, could you imagine them pitching Cow and Chicken in 2021? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, okay, here's a show. We have a cow and a chicken. Their parents, you can only see from the legs down. They uh, have an antagonist who is the devil, who is a very foppish devil. Uh, they go to school. They eat cow butts and tater tots. Uh, they, um, cow has an alter ego named Super Cow. There was in the pilot where chicken smokes cigarettes. Yeah, let, let's see if that picks up for a show. Oh, that's uh, the guy pitching the show going flying out the window by the executives. <laughs> <laughs> oh man like yeah you could not get away with a show today you, no you, you, can't. you just couldn't so. especially especially the the band episode where it was like implied it's not a hundred percent confirmed but it was implied that cow was hanging out with a bunch of bikers who turned out to be lesbians or something but oh, it's, yeah, it, it I, was implied I, I Never, it's not really, but for, you know, censors. Yeah, but, but you know, Cow and Chicken, you know, just despite all its flaws, was a great show. You know, like uh, it, yeah, like, it did have some really good moments. I mean, you know, the the humor was a little bit weird, but it was your typical '90s kind of humor. It had some really good songs written by Bill Burnett, uh, courtesy of his creativity. You may know Bill Burnett as um the guy who also co-created Chalk Zone. Uh, you know, he also did The Ugliest Weenie, uh, which is one of my personal favorite episodes. Um, and he also did uh, Sail Cat and, and various other songs. And um, also, um, the characters are really, really strange. Like, the red guy was, like, a, a major standout for a lot of people for various reasons. And Charlie Adler is super talented. He not only did Cow, Chicken, and the red guy, but he also did IR Baboon, and I believe... He no, I no, yeah, yeah. He was, he did, if you remember, I, he was I, bilingual as well because uh, when he did Supercal, he had to speak in Spanish. Exactly, yeah. So yeah, Charlie Adler was really showing off his amazing voice acting work on that show. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay, number eight is Space Ghost Coast to Coast. I love this show so much. Uh, it's it's it was really sad to know about. Um, you know, the guy who uh, helped create Space Ghost had passed away, and uh, I believe that the voice of um. Brack, uh, no, not Brack, um, the other voice actor, but uh, who also worked on Space Ghost had passed away as well. But yeah, I, I, it was a really, it was like take a 1960s Hanna Barbera character and make it do a talk show that is really, really weird and out there with filled with adult references. It is just downright hilarious so yeah, yeah i really because do enjoy space I, I do believe that i think i think the the, the word going around is that uh, the space ghost uh like they, they still played the space ghost like old show and like they would play like uh, with like in between like uh, you know ad breaks and things like that and surprisingly like they would still be like high rated in the in, on on the within you know on the on the on the, on the nielsen ratings and so you know there was still interest to like have like you know space ghost and birdman and things like that like some of the old like uh, you know shows that Hanna Barbera would do so. Yeah, um, and a lot of the times they knocked it out of the park. Like they're even better than their original '60s counterpart. Like I love Harvey Birdman, Eternia Law. I really like Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Um, Secret Squirrel that was featured in Two Stupid Dogs is my favorite of their shorts because I just find it to be so entertaining and hilarious. 
So, yeah, uh, Space Ghost is no exception. It was, like, one of my favorite shows as a kid. I just thought it was, like, it was, like, really edgy in a time in which, like, you know, I know I shouldn't be watching it, but I just found it to be so hilarious. So, oh, by yeah, the way, really also, uh, Cow and Chicken also did uh, a parody of uh, Space Ghost. They did Ghost, Ghost to Ghost. So, of course they did. Of course they did. So, um, some of the famous guests that I think that appeared on the show. I'm trying to have a look at. Uh, so I, the, I remember Conan O'Brien was a guest on the show. Uh, the Bee Gees were on the show. Yes, they were. Yeah, yeah. the Bee Gees were on the show. Weird Al Yankovic was. Oh, of course, a Weird Al Yankovic was oh, on the show. Of course, Weird Al Yankovic <laughs> was there. <laughs> uh, uh, also, Hulk Hogan slash. Uh, also, uh, Donny Osmond was also on there to promote his uh, episode for Johnny Bravo as well. So, oh yeah, that's uh, yeah. right. Yeah, he wasn't Johnny Bravo. Oh well, yeah. Maguire was. I forgot Maguire is on the show. So, oh wow, neat. Maguire and uh, also um, I'm trying to think of all the people that I. Uh, oh, Carrot Top was also on the show. Obviously, he was. He was. He was a. He was a product of his time. And, yeah, uh, yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh my God, John Stewart was on the show. Wow, John Stewart. Even before he did his own show. Oh. Yeah. And uh, this was pretty cool. Uh, Rob Zombie and uh, surprisingly Raven Simone also made his, uh, her her appearance on the show too. So that's you know, surprising because she was, uh, I think she was doing the Cosby Show at the time. And as for Rob Zombie, this must have been like when he was doing his um, solo albums right before, you know, when he disbanded from White Zombie. This was, you know, probably when he was still like um, on his like solo phase, right before he just focused on doing like movie uh, directing. So well, makes a well, lot of sense. Well, well, out of all the guests that appeared who appeared on the show, Willie Nelson appeared four times. Wow. That's an unexpected one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, like... Oh, and also uh, the uh, disgraced uh, video game champion Billy Mitchell also made, made an appearance on the show. Uh... Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I was, I, I, I'm trying to think of, like, is there any, like, uh, uh, people who have appeared on the show who they might have, like, you know, later on gone to regret? Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh... I, in, in Wienerville, they had a cameo of Bill Maher, and I'm like, oh, Oh, geez. really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, uh, let's have a look. Anyway, the, these aren't controversial picks, but uh, Tenacious D were also on. So Jack Black and uh, Cal Glass, he was. Uh, they were also on the show. So mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, yeah. And uh, surprisingly, they had Bob Costas and Al Roker. Which. Uh, oh wow! Also, uh, th- was this like before um, they were doing their reporting? Yeah, I'm not too sure. Like it was 1990, 1999, I think, when they appeared on the show. So and uh, yeah, what? Well, well, this quite surprising. Tyra Banks was on the show. Not too surprising because this was when she was starting her modeling career. And I think that she was in, uh, you know, starting her acting roles. Like in like this, this was before, uh, you know, what was it like? Uh, Super Size or whatever that movie was, oh, yeah. uh, Size Me. Oh, yeah. Well, so there was also, it was that before she was doing like, all the reality shows, like, you know, ne- America's Next Top Model and things like oh, that, that. Yeah, this was like, this was well, like, way, before. way before. Yeah, way before yeah like, like, she probably, this was probably even before she did that Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, Space Ghost, 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 you know, we've got some very good things to say about it, so definitely check out episodes if you can find them. So, are they, are they yeah. actually available anywhere, Space Ghost, 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 or... Uh, actually, a really good question. Is it available? I don't know if it's available on Boomerang. I, I'm not sure. That's actually, it's actually a really good on, question. That's a question. Like, uh, do they do repeats or anything like that? Space Ghost, Ghost, Ghost. I haven't uh, seen Space Ghost, Ghost, Ghost on television in a while, yeah. so I don't know. There's there's clips on YouTube, at least, so you can definitely check out there if uh, you want to check them out. But, uh, yeah, there's a shelf actually should grab, grab the should grab the show. Mind you, I think probably the problem with that is like, uh, would they have to like pay rights to like uh, you know the guests and things like that for like appearing on the show? 
like without oh, yeah, playing royalties yeah, that... and stuff like that. And also, they, okay, they... so I'm looking it up. Um, it's currently on Hulu if you have a premium subscription, and it's on HBO Max. Ooh, okay, okay. Well, plenty of ways to watch it then. So okay, okay. Um, number seven is Ed, Ed, and Eddie. I have never seen Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Yeah, which that, is a that's lot of a crazy movies. show. Like, uh, oh yeah, like uh, it was, uh, it was just going like beyond my time. But uh, oh my, that that was a that was a crazy, crazy show. Really, it's, about, it's about three kids who were uh, like, uh, like uh, there's like one called Ed and who tries to like scam everybody out and like they're they're trying to get like try to get money to get like buy jawbreakers and stuff. And so like it's uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's kind of like a, a, a one note show, but uh, it has plenty of hilarity in it too. And uh, okay. yeah, okay. Um, number six is Mike Lewinog. Um, I am very familiar with it. I personally think it's kind of boring. Mm. Mind you, the related topic on Mike Lewinog is uh, ten live action shows you totally forgot about. Is... What? It's an animated show. Yeah, I, I have no idea why. Okay, um, moving on. Oh, by the way, number five is uh, the Water Cartoon Show. Okay, so um, I was looking back on the What a Cartoon show because I want to do like um, a highlight of like some of the shows that were, um, you know, never picked up for like shows on Cartoon Network. Like I, I definitely want to do a, like a countdown of all of these shows at one point. Man, I have to say that What a Cartoon, when it comes to like a lot of their shows, it has not held up. Like I started watching things. I, I there, there, it's either one really? of three categories. Yeah, it's either one of three categories. Number one, Ren and Stimpy clone. Number two, uh, reviving a Hanna-Barbera property. Or number three, just like out there wackiness. Well, and what are you I talking like, about? Like this, this was the show that uh, this was the primordial ooze that gave us like uh, you know the the cartoon cartoons which competed with Nickelodeon and uh, the Disney Channel. Like, you know, about like, that, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, you know, for like, a, you know, like for the other ones, like the Cow and Chicken and Johnny Bravo, those, those, those stuff is great. I'm just talking about like, you know, some of the other ones were not very great. I don't think. Well, yeah, they, I mean, were, they were bad ones, obviously, but they didn't get picked up as shows. But so, good grief, you know, if it wasn't for the Water Cartoon Show, Cartoon Network would be in the dust. That is very true. I, I do re I do respect it for that, but I'm just saying like there's a lot of them that just haven't held up very well. Well, no, there isn't. Like, mind you, I would have like yoinked the Yukon. I think that would have been a good show. And also, uh, what's the other one uh, with the two cats that had to like clean the president's suit? Like, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Like, um, what was it like? Um, um, Elmo yeah. and Louie. Elmo and Louie, yeah. And like, and also, like, I really wish they picked up Bomb Squad as well. I think Bomb Squad would have been fun. That would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, there are some that are like pretty decent. They could have gone somewhere, but just a lot of them, just not really. I mean, I can understand why it wasn't picked up. And let's not forget that this was like um, the all uh, the primordial ooze that was Family Guy. Larry and Steve was also featured in what a cartoon. I actually asked Fred Cyber this question many years ago. It's like, do you regret not picking up Larry and Steve, knowing that it was going to become like a major phenomenon? And he's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, mind you, like, uh, it, it wouldn't be the worst sin, I think, that, uh, cartoon, you know, that, uh, a, a network show. And keep in mind that Nickelodeon dropped a lot, and I mean a lot of good shows that, uh, would, would have carried them right up to uh, what we're talking about today if they kept hold of them. You know, yeah, like, Constant uh, Pain, The Modifiers, Pepper Ann, uh, Pepper Ann, Planet Panic, Adventure Time. Oh jeez! Like, uh, uh, imagine Nickelodeon would have been dominating at this point. Like, I think Disney Channel would have wrapped up. Like, I think years ago. I think if, if uh, Nickelodeon hadn't uh, dropped all those shows, they would have just been out of there, you know. And they, they, they would, no one would be able to touch them. I don't think. But uh, mm -hmm. that, you know, you know, it's uh, 
Yeah, Nickelodeon just uh, dropped the ball constantly, and uh, here yeah. we are talking about Cartoon Network shows. So yeah, uh, but, but yeah, I, I personally, uh, yeah, but I personally feel that uh, Cartoon Network, uh, Cartoon Network, really just went out there in terms of building up their brand thanks to what a cartoon it is i just mentioned that a lot of the stuff that they fit did feature didn't hold up and that and there's a reason why it was never picked up for shows but you, you cannot deny that it is still very important in terms of you know it was able to break out of you know all of the other animated networks that were like really dominating like there was like disney afternoon there was the fox box there was nickelodeon there was uh, PBS. I mean, it, you know, Cartoon Network really stood out amongst the crowd. Yeah. And, you, you, you know, know one, they, one of these days, uh, you know, because I did, uh, I didn't even show, uh, tell you about this. I actually did like it. So, oh, actually, yeah, I've still got it here. I actually did a uh, top 20, I think a top 25 uh, greatest cartoons of all time. And uh, what a cartoon was number one. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Tell you what, wow. after the show, let's go. I'll, I'll go through it with you. Uh, go through, through it with you and uh, we'll, uh, we'll, I'll see what you think of it. So, okay, uh, sure. There is an episode. By the way, we're not going to do an episode of that like on Aaron and Patricia. We, there's already an episode of the Aaron Meta show where I did that, so go check that out. It's on Mixcloud. So, okay. Um, anyway, let's go on with the list. Uh, number four is Dexter's Laboratory. Yeah, I really like Dexter's Lab. I, I think it's a very funny, creative show and um, very um unique in terms of a kid genius and building his lab. And then a lot of the stuff that they would add in was just absolutely crazy uh, there was a lot of references to like um anime there was a lot of references to 60s cartoons um there was also times in which they would like switch up the shows where they would feature um dial m for monkey or the justice friends so yeah it, it did have its fair share of um variety and uh, you have dexter dd mandark and uh, yeah, it was a very fun show. I, I really did enjoy it. And, uh, you know, some people would say, like, you know, the show kind of, like, um, you know, went downhill when Chrissy Cavanaugh left and then Candy Milo took over for Dexter. But I don't know. I think that Candy Milo did a pretty decent job as Dexter. Um, as for, like, the quality of how the later seasons were, I haven't seen the show in a while, so I can't tell you that. But <laughs> you know, I really do, do enjoy it. Do, do you know what the top-rated episode of uh, Dexter's Laboratory is? Is it the, let, let me guess, is it the censored episode that was never aired? Rude removal, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, oh my god. Yeah, like, the, the best episode and they never showed it until Adult Swim leaked it on April Fool's Day. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, never change, AMDB, never change. So... Nope. Okay, um, anyway, let's go back to our topic. Um, number three is, is controversially Johnny Bravo. Ooh, this is interesting. You know, so, you know, you know when I, I talked about before that, you know, they would never get away with cow and chicken, you know, we're here in 2021. They would never get away with Johnny Bravo today. Yeah, I mean, Johnny Bravo for some people would be seen as like really uncomfortable if you take it out of context. It's like, oh, you have a guy and he's going around chasing girls. So it's like, yeah, it's like Stranger Danger, Me Too movement and all that kind of stuff. But there's a, there's a, was a lot more to the show than that. I mean, you know, the whole point of Johnny being rejected was because he was an idiot and didn't know how to take a hint. And so I think that, you know, there was a lot more to it. I mean, they had a lot of celebrity cameos. Uh, you know, Donny Osmond, we just mentioned not too long ago. And, uh, you know, they also had other characters that were featured in the show, uh, like little Susie and, um, you know, various other people. So, yeah, I would say in face value that, that yeah, Johnny Bravo would not be picked up by today. And there, don't, don't, don't forget, there was also even that live action um, 
segment that Dwayne The Rock Johnson portrayed as Johnny Bravo that was featured in Latin American countries. So oh, I completely forgot really... about that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing about this, everybody. Like, you know, in today's um, eyes of, like, you know, the modern viewer, yeah, Johnny Bravo would be very uncomfortable to watch. But keep this in mind. Between 1997 and 2004, Johnny Bravo was a big deal. He was a massive deal. He was like, he, at one point, I would say he was to Cartoon Network's mascot guy of like, uh, you know, he was, uh, he, he basically was, bas he was basically like, uh, you know, a more pleasant version of Gaston from De Beauty and the Beast. He's like, he's the guy that, uh, you know, uh, people, you know, other guys would have strived to have been. And, uh, you know, he was the, uh, the, he was the comedian that I think a lot of guys would have uh, like really related to in some way. And uh, also, but, uh, you know, at the same time, like, you know, uh, you know, girls looked at him like, you know, oh, hey, he's this, he's this idiot loser who like, uh, you know, just to keep scoring out because because he doesn't know how to control himself all that well. And so, yeah. like, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, he was, uh, but not only that, like, you know, he was, part, he, he wasn't more than just this, this one dimension, you know, we got, in, f in future episodes, we actually got to see, like, you know, he does get emotional about stuff. He does love his mother. You know, unconditionally. Oh, yeah. He and also, yeah, he, you know, he 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 wants to. No, no. Also, when he's like, when he's off the clock, obviously, when he's not chasing babes around, like, you know, he he is a nice guy. You know, like, mm -hmm. it just he's just a bit naive. You know, in certain things that he does, and also there's also that memorable episode where he teamed up with Scooby Doo as well. Oh, yeah, I love that episode. So uh, that, much. That, yeah, my, my my parents love that episode. <laughs> 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 you know, they grew up with Scooby Doo, and like he's it he's like you know, like our worlds collide. Yeah, you know, I remember we were like we were at my grandparents' house, and uh, you know, we were watching Cartoon Network, and you know, my 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 parents rolled their eyes at like all the cartoons I watched, and all our parents rolled their eyes at like all the cartoons we watched. But uh, my, my parents, my parents especially. Yeah, but you know, uh, then all of a sudden, like, because uh, you know, um, I remember like uh, my parents. I said, I remember us having a discussion. Like, oh, what did you grow up with? Like, well, we grew up with Scooby Doo. And then all of a sudden, like Johnny Bravo came on. And like, what episode came on? The one where he was uh, crossing over Scooby Doo and doing that episode, and we loved it. We Aww. absolutely loved it. It was like one of those family bonding times. It really was. That's so, great. Yeah. So, uh, also they they all laughed at like uh, the uh, the the uh, reference that uh, you know uh, Fred and Daphne are like you know obviously making out somewhere while everyone else is going looking for clues. <laughs> that, that, that bit was brilliant. That was so, hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah, but you know, again, Johnny Bravo, you know, uh, love him or hate him, he was a big deal back in the, between the late nineties towards the you know the beginning of the millennium, and he even had his own show, like uh, the Big yeah. Bravo. So like uh, it yeah and, and and don't forget that Craig Bartlett actually worked as a story writer and editor for Johnny Bravo around the 2000s after he left Hey Arnold. Exactly. So you know there's a, there's a lot of history wrapped up in in, uh, in Johnny Bravo in regards to a cartoon network. So yeah, definitely check it out. Mm -hmm. so. Okay, uh we're up to number 2 and uh I you know this is an interesting number 2, Courage the Cowardly Dog. I know a lot of people who really love this show. Uh it, it was like the show that scared them but also had uh, a sense of morals that a lot of people really gravitated to. Now, I have not seen Courage the Cowardly Dog outside of the original What a Cartoon pilot when the chicken from outer space appeared. So I don't know anything about this show. But from what I've seen in interviews um, from the creator of the show where he would like look back on the show and the reaction of the fans and even for people who loved the show as a kid, they would say about like, you know, when I was a kid, you know, this show really terrified me and... You know, it also, you know, brought some really interesting um, lessons regarding about, like, um, uh, you know, don't, you know, you don't have to worry about being perfect. And then there was also that one episode where it dealt with a domestic abuse. 
So it really like pushed the boundaries for Cartoon Network. It it went to places that you know back then was not even like remotely you know, like you they couldn't even do like it, it really just broke all the rules it broke all the boundaries yeah and uh, you know it, also all the all the episodes are highly rated on imdb as well like it, it's in, it's 69 in animation it's in the top 100 like you wow. know that's, that's that's hard to break if you unless you're like a really good show so yeah i think mm -hmm. uh courage the cowardly dog definitely check it check that out you know and also uh, as well like uh, if you actually go on youtube they actually re there's actually fans who have reanimated the episodes as cool. well so yeah you definitely check those out too so Okay, are you ready for number one? I'm ready for number one. Okay, number one is the Powerpuff Girls. Of course it is. I mean, I didn't expect it to be anything else. So yeah, the Powerpuff Girls was a major, major hit when it first came out. I, I knew people who were boys that were actually ashamed to watch the Powerpuff Girls because they just loved it so much. It had action, it had humor, it had great characters. Uh, it was a show that really appealed to a lot of people, and there was a reason why it was brought back in 2016, because, you know, as we mentioned before, it has notoriety, it ha it's very marketable, it's very nostalgic, and it's just an overall great show. I, I mean, I did a podcast of it um, with my friend Kyle Nordy that you can go check out, where we just, like, talked about how just great that the Powerpuff Girls was, and the movie was also really good, too. I also enjoyed that. Yeah, I think the uh, with the Powerpuff Girls, the the one you know charm that it had is that it wasn't just kind of like your standard superhero movie. This thing actually you know challenged quite a few concepts. Like there was an episode where they were like, oh, why is there not many more female superheroes? And like you know they were being manipulated with in regards to that. And obviously that was this thing. There was also like you know an episode about like you know uh, there's the Rowdy Rough, Rough Boy episode as well. Like uh, when they made clones of them, and uh, obviously there was some things in that too. And so um, you know like uh, this episode not only like you know, took on some of the uh, you know superhero tropes. They actually kind of challenged them too. Yeah, yeah, and there was also the the, the feel me, see me, know me, where it was like delving into like um, you know corporate uh, capitalism and communism and all that kind of stuff, and saying about like you can't have the good without the bad and stuff, which like really just brought up some really interesting complex morals about you know um, if you're removing all the bad, is there is there any good because people are being manipulated. And that episode was just so controversial, it was banned for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And th then there was also, um, you know, the kid, uh, Melvin, who ate paste, and then he turned into a giant paste monster. Bubbles, who felt that she was not treated seriously, and she wants to be hardcore. And so, you know, she has, like, a bit of a, a really anger, um, you know, t angry temper when, you know, she was trying to, like, treat herself more seriously. The episode where Bubbles switches off with Mojo Jojo by accident, where... Um, you know, um, Bubbles, like, Tara Strong, you know, acting like Mojo Jojo was just freaking hilarious. Go listen to that. There was some episodes that did freak me out, though. Like, uh, there was the, the one with, uh, what was it, Abracadabra, the uh, the zombie magician. Like, mm -hmm. uh, oh, that, that that thing was creepy. Like, mm -hmm. you know, that, that was that was going on. And uh, it, was, it was mine for a change as well. Like, uh, the uh, the one where, like, that clown turns into, like, a mime and, like, turns everything black and white. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Oh, and, and let's not forget about the episode where uh, Bubbles, Blossom, and Buttercup were in a race, and then they just, you know, they were going so fast that they ended up in the future without the, you know, where Townsville is completely destroyed without the Powerpuff Girls, and him takes over, and it's just like a post-apocalyptic, you know, city, and everything's destroyed, and, you know, everybody's just looking like they're, like, like going through a massive war, and it's like, wow, that's really dark. Mm -hmm. Also, there was uh, the quite uh, interesting one where uh, Harold Smith turned into a supervillain. Oh, I, I love that episode so much, yeah. <laughs> Finish your pee, Professor. <laughs> 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 oh, man. 
Oh, there was um, oh, there was that creepy knock it off episode as well where they made clones of them. Oh like, yeah, Dick Hardly, yeah. Oh, that was creepy, man. That was like uh, that was one. Of, that was definitely one of the creepy ones. And uh, there was uh, there was this really weird episode where like uh, they kind of like did like a it was like a parody of like uh, the Beatles. Like, oh uh, yeah, where... yeah. Um, Meet the Beatles, yeah. Where I think it was um, Fuzzy Lumpkins, uh, Princess Morbucks, him, and Mojo Jojo. They paired up together, so and they defeated the Powerpuff Girls, and they realized, wow, we're so much better together than we were separate, and so they became the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was kind of a weird thing. And uh, then there was uh, there, obviously there was the Speed Demon episode that we talked about. And uh, then there was an episode called uh, what was it Mo Mojo Jonesing, which is another episode that uh, teaches the audience about an important lesson. When uh, normal kids uh, show jealousy about how awesome the girls are, they're approached by a uh, stranger called uh, Joe Overcoat, who is Mojo Jonesing's disguise, who offers them chemical X. Uh, the kids, normal kids, accept it, but soon become addicted to the chemical. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's also one of my favorite episodes, which is the the rainy day episode where um, you know the girls have to stay at home because it's raining and so they just decide that they're just gonna like play around and have fun and you know do, do a bunch of wacky things it's like they're at home and they're just you know hanging out and you know they're playing you know as the mayor and you know pretending to be like the bad guys but it's just a fun episode it, that, that's also a really um, great one and the episode that you just mentioned earlier regarding about, like, um, the the female um, villain who steals Susan B. Anthony coins, and she was, like, talking about, like, you know, there's not enough representation of female superheroes or female villains, which, you know, at the time, it made a lot of sense because you only had, like, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Xena Warrior Princess, and that was pretty much it. I, I mentioned this in depth in my Cyber 6 video, which you can go check out. So, yeah, I mean, like, Powerpuff Girls was a major revolutionary thing for its time, in which, like, back then, we didn't have a lot of female representation when it came to superheroes. I mean, we had Wonder Woman, we had Tank Girl, and, um you know, various others, but not really a lot. And, you know, nowadays we're full of it. I mean, we have Miss um, Marvel, we have uh, Captain Marvel, we have um, Wonder Woman again, we have Black Widow. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot more of it nowadays, which I'm really happy to see. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, on that positive note, uh, we end the show. So, yeah, uh, yeah so... Uh, thanks everyone guys this is our first episode back and also our first one episode on Anchor 2 so uh, that's going to be uh, pretty fun to do but uh, yeah um, we're going to keep doing this uh, week after week and uh, by the way if there's, an e if there's a week that we can't do an episode we'll definitely let you know but uh, you know for the foreseeable future you know we're going to be continuing season 2 here on Anchor but uh, also the Arrow Meta show is going to be coming back next week I'm going to be announcing quite a few stuff on that week too also, uh, we check out the episode of Casual Chats that's uh, coming up for the Owl House. Definitely check that one out too. That's going to be released on Anchor on uh, June 7th, did we say? And then June 9th on YouTube, I think. Yes. Is that what we said? So cool. All right, everybody. That's all we got for this week. And uh, by the way, if you uh, want to ask us any questions, one thing I'm thinking of doing is is that uh, recently I've heard about uh, Twitter Spaces. So I'm thinking maybe what we might do is maybe we might do like a, one time we might do a space where you and I will join in. We'll talk about a bunch of stuff and then we'll invite people to like ask questions and stuff. Maybe. Just give it a try. So, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll see. All right, everybody. Until then, uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good week and take care. And bye-bye for now. See you later.